Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry, and this is our podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics, and please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Feel it in my blood. <laughs> We're back. I feel it in my soul. This podcast. After a long hiatus. What feels well, like a long hiatus. For us, it's been but a long hiatus. But to the li- listening audience, we didn't miss a beat. No. You would never know the difference because we are professionals. Prof- we are professional. So we are back to recording current events. So yes, it is current. We are I mean, recording week of. We are pretty current event as it is. We were supposed to record last week. Well, just a lot. Jerry almost died. Yeah, it turns out you're supposed to take blood pressure medicine. Yeah. Um, and I failed at that. And then we were supposed to record on the weekend, and Jerry blew us off for our biggest critic. Yeah, for... The only critic. <laughs> For the only critic that we have. Did you read my uh, episode description from yes. this week? Yes, I did. It was very good. <laughs> What's it say about... Uh, I forgot what it actually says, but it says David. Like something, the David. Yeah, I can't remember either, but... It's pretty good. It's funny. If you haven't... If you haven't Sometimes it. it takes me a while to write the episode descriptions, but... Usually I'm pretty happy with it. I leave that solely up to you because I just can't. I just, I'm, I don't want to put I that have to listen to the episode first before I can write them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'd have to. What I said mean? we roast one of our favorite and most frequently wrong listeners, David. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As we correct the record on the Fuji's, Lauren Hill, and dinosaur reproduction methods. I talked to him about that. Did you like my uh, Avengers Endgame pregame? I call it, uh, we did the Avengers oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. pregame. It was the pregame. Yeah. It was absolutely the pregame to the show because we yeah. recorded like two days prior to us seeing it. And by the way, we saw it. We did. I don't know if you know that. We, our game was ended. It was, <laughs> our game was ended. Should we we bring it right up to the top of the show? I, I mean, we might as well. That's what this show is basically about. We Avengers Endgame. Saw Avengers Endgame. What, uh, so this is going to be spoiler ridden. Right? Oh yeah, like right the, off the bat, this is a spoiler episode. Spoilers for Endgame. Spoilers for Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. And it's going to be two episodes of Game of Thrones now because two yeah. episodes have passed since we talked about last. Yeah, so, so we're going to do reviews. Yes, of the most current episode, which just came out. Yes, last Sunday. That would be two days ago, and then the the Sunday prior to that, where you know some shit going down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So, spoilers coming in three, two, one. one. It's a spoiler show. Spoiler show. Full of spoilers. All right, so. Everyone dies. I hate to tell people to skip an episode. Well, I mean, yeah, we're not really telling you to skip it. It's just that 
if you haven't seen these things that we're going to talk about, they're going to have to skip it then. You just don't listen to the episode until <laughs> until after you've seen the. <laughs> but things. we're not telling you you have to skip it. No, if you I want to spoiler the your, yeah. the shit out of what you watch, you don't want to have Endgame spoiled. No, if so, if you have not you seen really Endgame, don't. first of all, um, Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors of Endgame, came out officially and said last Monday was the spoiler deadline. Yeah, well, I or, agree. What it was two and weeks, two weeks. So we said it. Or on was the la- it this Monday on the last podcast? We said it. Uh, yeah, we're going to give them two weeks. Yeah, and we did. We you've had a full two weeks to watch this. If you haven't been spoiled by them by the internet yet, yeah, it's just too then. Late. I mean, and you know what? Even so, to be honest with you, I don't feel like talking about you know spoilers. Tony Stark dying is that big of a spoiler. I think everybody knew this was going to happen. It really isn't that big of a spoiler. Like just hearing the fact that he dies, I don't think is a spoiler because you don't know the context of any of it. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's not spoilers in the the vein of it's going to ruin the movie. Like, no, oh, it, he it, was dead the whole time, like it, in Sixth Sense. That, you know, that ruins no, the movie. No, right, right, right. These are spoilers like in, oh, it'd be really cool to experience these moments that are incredible yeah. without having previously known them. But see, like even I knew, like in my mind, I think like, everybody that he knew. was going to die. I think everybody did. I yeah. didn't know how. I didn't know where. I didn't know, you know, and why. I, I mean, I guess I knew why he was going to die, but I didn't know how. Or, like, right. w- how it was going to be put together, you know? So, I mean, here's the deal. If you haven't seen it by now, uh, you're already past the big spoiler, because Jerry already said it. But right. um, who are you? Where are you from? Because yeah. this movie has made almost $2.3 billion. <laughs> this movie was the first movie ever to open yeah. over a billion dollars. Nothing had even been in the stratosphere of a billion dollars for a three-day opening weekend. Box office was one point two billion. Yeah, one point two two billion, and then it was like three hundred and fifty-seven million. Remember, we were talking about that what was it would on, do domestically. That was on Sunday morning. Yeah, three, and it added another some like three, hundred three hundred and fifty-seven point one domestic by Sunday. Right. And we were talking about if it was going to hit over to 300. And I well, was like, I said 350 was going to be my number. Was it? Which like was a, pretty close. Because I remember saying it has to go over 300. Like, there's no way it doesn't go over so, 300 domestic. Right now, it's at 631 million domestic. Um, foreign is 1.6 billion. 2.2 billion. Do you think it beats Avatar? Avatar, it's now currently the second highest grossing movie of all time. It's beaten Titanic handily. Avatar's at two point seven billion. So it's it got a long ways to go. Six hundred thousand? No, four hundred thousand. No no, no. no. You said it was at two point three billion. Two point three billion versus two point seven billion. That's four hundred thousand. Four hundred million. Or four hundred million, yeah, you're right. Oh jeez. And We're it's talking been out like for two weeks. So I mean I'm I think Where do they where do they draw the line? Um the theatrical run. Just it's Theatrical run, yeah, right. I think it will. How most can it people not are predicting that it, no, most people are predicting that it won't because of a set of circumstances um, having to do with the time of year. First of all, Avatar came over over the Christmas season. Um, there's a lot of reasons why the the domestics on Avatar were insane, or the international box office was insane. There was lots of repeat viewerships. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's lots of repeats on Endgame too, but. I think it might beat it. Um, 
but it does have a ways to go to be. Yeah, it does. But I, I still feel like it's possible. If you, when you look at like a lot of these movies though, and they open to what's Captain Marvel open to 150 million, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah, maybe 300 million international, you know, total. Yeah. And it, you know, fifth with, with, within a month that have been over a billion in a month. I think it was even a couple months. It's still in theaters. Yeah. So Endgame is going to be in theaters. It's still um, filling the theaters. Like I looked the other day because I was thinking about taking the kids to a different movie. Most theaters, there's like three movies playing because Avengers is still on like all of their all screens. All of the screens. That's the thing. Yeah. So, I mean. I, I really feel like it's going to be. And like Avatar. there are people like my parent, my mom really likes the Marvel movies. She still hasn't seen it. You know, so there's people that okay. haven't seen it. She just hasn't got around to it. Yeah. Um, Do you think she's going to go in theaters? Oh, definitely. Oh, all right. Definitely. Well, there's my, another, you know, seven, eight dollars. <laughs> there's another uh, nine seventy five. Yeah. If you go to Oswego. That's wild. I, I this, wonder how much of wild. I wonder how much of the box office stuff going on now is that on a whole, um, I think there's higher average ticket prices now. Now I know that two point seven is adjusted for inflation. I was going to say I, I think they adjust that stuff. But they? I'm saying the base fares aren't the only fares now. They have special seats. They got recliner seats. They got special theaters. They got IMAX where you're paying up. You're paying oh, up yeah. to twenty twenty five dollars a ticket. Rather than the standard they, traditional twelve dollars a ticket now in a normal theater. Do they average that? Do they average ticket prices? Yeah, I mean they just that's the ticket sales total. Huh. This is like a big deal yeah. for probably for movie theaters. You know, which oh have been gosh, struggling yes. over the years. I, I guarantee you it's given them a lot of revenue. Yeah. A lot. I mean, I think I I would bet I mean, I, I wouldn't bet. Just I because know. of the amount of food and popcorn and yeah. crap that they sell just for that and movie They alone. make a lot of the money on concessions. But um, somebody once told Kevin Smith, I once heard say, and I don't know if this is true at all, okay. but he said about when you see a, a gross, say, a billion dollars, mm-hmm. half of that money doesn't count towards the movie because it goes to the movie theaters. Like 50% of the door, the ticket price goes to the theater. Really? So when they say, hey, this movie made a billion dollars, it really only made 500000 You know what I mean? Okay. Or $500 million. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because he, he talks about this uh, actually I mean, on that stage. Makes sense. And then that he said, sense. you know, like, oh, this movie made had a $20 million budget and it made $30 million. You know, was yeah. that a success? And um, he said, you know, well, $20 million is what the movie costs. Um, $20 million was the marketing budget. So right there you're at forty. It yeah. made 30, but 15 of that goes to the movie theater. You know, anyway, getting into the weeds here in the math. Let's talk more about Avengers <laughs> okay. Endgame, so, which has made all the money. That was the only point of any of those that ranting was it's made a tremendous amount of money of and the money. well, well-deserved, unbelievable movie. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing, there's, there's no, I don't feel like there's a perfect ending to anything. Really, you do, there's always criticisms. This is a pretty perfect ending. It's to a, a ten or eleven year run it's now. Twenty two movies. It's been since two thousand eight, right? That's two thousand and eight. Yeah, came out. It's and, just uh, unbelievably perfect. It's a perfect yeah, movie to cap off this this whole epic saga of movies, which nothing has ever existed like this in the history. No, there, of I don't ever. know if we'll see another, I really another don't think thing we will. of this magnitude. And we talked about that when we left the movie theater, 
is that this was this was like our Star Wars, basically. Yeah. I mean, I know we still have Star Wars, and Star Wars is still coming out. But when Star Wars first came out in the seventies, like that was a big deal, you know. And then and these people saw this epic saga of movies come out over a string of years, and it was just three of them. But either way, it was so groundbreaking and like so profound because of all these people flooding the theaters to just to see those things. This trumps that uh, a billion. I mean, it's uh, twenty so much movies. More. No, at no point in ever in the history of anything has there been an interconnected universe like this of different movies. I mean, it's one thing to have a trilogy, which, yeah. like you said, Star Wars kind of invented, right? Um, which is amazing, but to there, nothing at the scale. It's so improbable that it could ever happen in the first place. Yeah. And then that it worked so phenomenally. And then it was ended perfectly. I just don't see how it can ever exist again. I don't think so. I don't think it can. And we've seen DC fail miserably at it. Sure. We've seen um, Universal fail miserably at it with the Universal Monsters series. Yeah. Which sounded like a cool idea, but failed miserably. Um, Other things have tried this recently since Marvel and failed. Yeah, you have to have the right everything. Like everything has to align perfectly. In well, they order have for this the right work. one thing, and that's Kevin Feige. Yes, Kevin Feige, and he's like the puppet master of all of this, yeah, right? If, if you guys don't in, know who he is, he is the mastermind behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's a huge nerd. He doesn't write the movies, though. No, so he's not a writer of the movies, but he is the, like I said, puppet master of. Each movie. It's interesting, and I listened to a really in-depth podcast that I will probably reference throughout this conversation um, today um, from the writers of the movie, um, Marcus and McFeely. Yeah. Um, and it it's very much, they are the writers, but it's it's very much a collaborative process yep. between Kevin Feige, usually there'll be another Marvel executive, the directors, so I, I the Russo brothers... Had yep. a lot of input into all of this, and then the writers, and they all are kind of a team, and they write this over years. You know, they've been That's working so on crazy. this for four years, and they wrote, by the way, um, all three Captain America movies: yep. Infinity War and Endgame, and Thor the Dark and Thor World. the Dark World, yep. parts of part of it. And the Russo brothers have been around at least for two of those Captain America movies, and then Infinity yep. War and Endgame. So, but I thought it was really interesting. Kevin Feige, of course, like you said, the puppet master, kind of the the man in charge of making the decisions of where everything's going and what's coming next. And but I thought it was really interesting because I had always assumed that this would all had all been planned out from the start, and it really wasn't. Um, they he, they make it known, and that they're like, no, Kevin's like the kind of guy that's like, put everything on the table. Everything, play all your cards right now. We don't know if we'll ever get another shot at this. Oh, really? Like he was talking See, about, I haven't listened to this podcast yet. Yeah, so. when they wanted to do Captain America 2, mm-hmm. so what became Winter Soldier, they knew that storyline was an option. They're like, well, we can't do this in the second movie. We got to hold that till the third movie. And oh. then they're like, no, no, let's play the best cards we got. Right. Let's not hold out. And they're and he said, no, you know, we, we don't get where we are now without that happening then and then they also say um you know they i had assumed they knew where everything was going but yeah, even I endgame wasn't written all the way 
uh, while when Infinity War was done. So like a lot of that wow. stuff was written not it wasn't written all together like they and then the way See, they you would you would definitely assume that 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 Infinity War and Endgame were written as one piece like one script basically. That's what's so incredible about that creative people here involved is because you know, there, there's a lot we're going to go into on Endgame, but I, I mean, one thing that really stands out to me that goes in the vein of it being the perfect ending to this and being so satisfying is the just masterful character arcs oh. that were ended here. That were ended, yeah. And you you had to. You had to wrap them up. This was, that's why it's called Endgame, right? And you had to wrap them up in some way, shape, or form. And, and, and specifically, and e- even so, like take Hawkeye, for example, you would think that he was wrapped up two movies ago, mm-hmm. you know, where you really don't see him at all in, in, in Infinity War. But then you bring him back. And I, he was one of my favorite characters in Endgame because of what he was yeah. doing and how he came back. And his storyline was awesome. But yet they finish him off even better. Like I think where they leave Hawkeye is good. A lot of people don't like him and think he's a useless character. I would agree on most of the parts, but Endgame made me love him again. See, I think he's one of the exceptions because his story doesn't seem done. It's not necessarily done, but they still wrap it up in a way that makes you think like, oh, I'm glad he got his shot. Yeah. Like he finally felt like a character that meant something. Yeah. To the movies, because before it's just like that guy standing over in the corner shooting arrows at nothing. Right. You know, and now he actually got to do something. He right. got to be a part of the war. I think the, I, I like that. I, yeah. I mean, the, the the character development, but that goes all the way back. So obviously the best example of this, I think, is Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Um, but think about this. I mean, they're paying off and landing story beats that started in Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. You know what I mean? They're paying off. This whole story started there and ended at Endgame. And that wasn't written ahead of time. Every person that handled, well, in this case, it was handled the entire time by the same creative team. Yes. But they wrote that into every movie, this progression of that character. And everybody knows that if you go through first Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, there's a character progression of Captain America. Mm-hmm. But it really plays out big time in Endgame with Captain America's character. And the other side of For that, sure. it, it does the same exact thing with Iron Man. And what I think is really interesting is um, they start... Uh, Captain America, Tony Stark, and Steve Rogers start in one place each. Um, and then their character arcs completely intersect and end opposite. Yeah. So uh, Tony Stark starts self-involved. Completely. And then as his arc grows, he learns to give everything. Yes. I wanted to bring that up. And Captain America starts by continually giving everything. Yep. And ends by... by taking a life for himself just doing one thing for himself i mean that's masterful (laughs) isn't it awesome it's insane and they do it not this there i mean they do it with black widow yeah they did it with black Widow. also kind of a side-ish character yeah but they take her character arc full circle they do it with thor yeah maybe as good as any of them thor is pretty good it bugs me though okay that's the only critique i have 
of the whole entire movie. Put aside Fat Thor. I know. Which I think is genius. <laughs> it's hilarious. And Chris Hemsworth it, loved it. He plays it really well. It's hilarious. But they give him a hell of a character arc through the last... Yes. Since the very first Thor movie and through this movie, that character definitely changes and grows. And he leaves Endgame in a completely different place. You know, it, it's great. There's a great scene that I completely almost forgot about in this movie. And I've seen it twice now. But when the Hulk... And somebody, Rocket, go to get him in New Asgard. Yep. And like he's got PTSD. Bad. You know. Because of his, he feels like he failed. He failed everybody because he couldn't take down Thanos when he knows he can. Right. He knows he absolutely can. And then he feels like he's basically killed everyone. Right. He's gotten everyone killed and he can't, he's not good enough anymore. He's not worthy to carry a, a, a hammer or carry... Uh, the what's that Stormbreaker? Yeah, is that what it's called? Um, he's not worthy to carry these things anymore. So, just gonna drown myself in my sorrow, right. you know. And that's what he goes and does, and becomes super fat. And I like how they play; like, they're like playing Fortnite yeah. together. <laughs> I love the Big Lebowski references. I mean, yeah. this movie. I mean, the references are so amazing. The humor is so amazing, but the fact that they're constantly landing story beats that they've set up. Over movies and over. And over and over and over again from movies prior, especially with Captain America. Um, well, yeah. So it's about Captain America, really, because... I don't know. I think... See, that's funny. I think it's more about Iron Man, about Tony Stark. It is in a way. It's about both of them equally, I guess I should say, because the writers that are doing the writing for this movie were Captain America writers, right? right. So they both, they wrote all of those, and I feel like they gave a lot of attention to him. But then again, yeah, they give a lot of attention to Tony Stark, too, because like you said, he finally gets to become like a selfless hero at and, the end. And, and every all of this starts with Tony Stark in yes. 2008 with the yes. first Iron Man, and it all ends with Tony Stark. Yes. Yeah, it does. And they give him that beautiful scene in the middle with his dad. Yep. I mean, I now we've talked about kind of overarching stuff, but I think, I mean, I, I would love to go and look into yeah. kind of the beats of that okay. movie because it's incredible. Like just from the very beginning, yeah. Tony the on the cold, ship. the cold open with Hawkeye's family. Oh yeah, him. just it really sets a tone, and that's another thing that I find interesting in this movie. I expected it to be like they made Infinity War and Endgame as one big movie, and they cut it in half. And that's what I thought. Tonally, they're completely different movies. Yeah. Um, and this that this movie Endgame takes you really on an emotional ride, big time. So you get to see. Uh, what happens in Hawkeye's world when the snap occurs. I mean, he goes insane. Yeah, he's with his family. Uh, they're just like out having like a picnic lunch. It's heartbreaking. He's teaching I mean, his daughter how to shoot a, bows and arrows, you know. And uh, then he like turns around to talk to his family and they're gone. And then all of a sudden his daughter's gone and you see them like turn to ash and disappear. Of course, and he has no idea what that means. And he means has no idea what's going on yeah. and running around screaming trying to find them. And they're 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 gone. Right. And, and I, yes, and then he does basically go insane and turns into what's called in the comic book world or his character then turns into Ronan. Yeah. And uh he's taking it out on everyone. Right. You know, they don't show him really doing much of that. Uh just little snippets of it a little bit, but they they reference it. They talk about it. Um, who is it? Um, Don Cheadle. Uh, yeah. What's his character's name? Uh, well, War Machine. War Machine. He says it to... Uh, Rhodey. 
Yeah, he says he says he's gone. You know, he's gone insane. Yeah. He's gone crazy. And it's th- great. I hope they. Um, I hope they explore that. Yeah, going up in the show or at least in another movie. I don't think he's done. I think we'll see more Probably of Hawkeye not. in the future. He likes money. Um, I feel like he hasn't got enough enough dues, enough pay yet. Yeah, and there was a time when he had it was a big A list actor, but I think those times have kind of outside so? of the Avengers movies. Yeah, like Jeremy he was Renner? a born. He was in one of the born movies. Well, yeah, when born like went off the deep end. Well, anyway, he went bad. So, and then I, for after that, you just kind of get for me what was one of the one of the I, you can't even say one of the biggest shocks of the movie because there's so many in this movie. They're all, but the when biggest. they all kind of gather together and go after. Oh yeah! Right off the bat, was that after Captain um, Marvel shows up? Yeah, she shows up to the headquarters and she's like, "Why don't we just go get him?" Where's he? So they go after him, and then right off the bat, man, bam! They cut off Thanos' head. Yeah, and Thor gets to, and Thor does it. Yeah, they they get into uh, Thanos' house, and he talks about how he destroyed the uh, the stones the Infinity Stones, because they were basically killing him, and he didn't want to undo what was already done. So he destroys them, and it messes them up really bad. Well, they get, obviously, they get the upper hand on him because they come to the place, and Captain Marvel comes in and, like, beats the crap out of him right away, holding him down, and without a word or a, anything happening, Thor comes up and takes his head off. Yeah. And, like, out of nowhere. And... It's really like, holy shit, like this is the bad guy. I thought, right. what are we going to do with the next two hours and 45 minutes yeah. of our time? I just think that's a, that's definitely a standout moment for me in the Big theater time. watching it. Um, I think it's really great to do that because of the effects it gives you. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like the build up to the big bad scene right. where you always have at the end, which you're still going to get. It's just that now, you're, now it leaves you unable to guess. Really. Right. And I... For the most part, was unable to guess. Right. And that's that's the genius behind it, because everybody has an idea of how these movies will build up and end. A- any movie you go to, you will you watch a little bit of it and you're like, oh, OK, well, this, this and this will play out to the end. But with Endgame, they go in right off the bat, cut his head off, and you know there's something else involved. You assume there's going to be time travel involved, but right. you don't know how. But even so, you're like, wait a minute turns out it's all because of the biggest hero of this movie of a rat a rat <laughs> yes a rat is the biggest hero of the movie this is a little coincidental yeah i'll and say it, that and but. it could be i'm surprised there hasn't been a little bit more backlash uh on the internet about that but there has been a fair bit but but, but this movie is so good i yeah, think it's given hard the to backlash scope it. and the like the this, this movie of this movie it, it doesn't matter yeah, those you, things don't matter just it, go with it it doesn't but, a, but i mean really honestly this is a very ant-man centric movie um he comes off and they pay off a lot of humor not just with him but with thor i mean that's their the main dude. comical relief is paul rudd and chris hemsworth yeah fantastic and and honestly to a point um Smart Hulk, which again I didn't see coming. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really I really like how they played that. They Be- didn't pay off. They did that was a nineties character, right? Didn't Hulk Oh yeah, for sure. Uh it was like what was science the guy's Hulk? name. Um David. It was a particular writer that did that for a while. Okay. I can't remember. I mean they just called him Scientist Hulk. No, nah, I mean they just called him like Intelligent Hulk. I can't remember, but yeah, and I really enjoyed that character, and I love that diner scene. 
with uh, Paul Rudd and when the people want to take the selfie with him. Oh, yes. Yes. And he's you like, you want to oh, take the I, selfie with Ant-Man? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm like, put down I'm, the goddamn phone. I'm a superhero, too. <laughs> no, I thought that was great. Um, they, they did play with the character arc of Hulk, um, but I feel like it's still they're still working with it. Yeah, they do. I like the payoff at the end when he when he gets the gauntlet. It almost makes you choke up a little bit. They get the gauntlet back and and Hulk's like, I, I have to wear it. He's right. like. I feel like maybe I was made for this. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a powerful moment. And then you think about it and you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that you would do this or you would be the one. I don't think we've seen the last of Hulk. No, I don't think so either. And I'm glad. I mean, he's still around. He's. They can't, or they, it's very difficult for them to make standalone Hulk movies apparently because um, Universal owns the rights to the Hulk. Okay. They can use him as a character. Yeah. In. Marvel movies, obviously they have made standalone Hulk movies, but I think they have to make them in conjunction with Universal. So I think they will. You know, I think they can pull off anything now. Oh, for sure. There's that's a rich story too. I mean, and, and um, yeah, especially if they did Red Hulk, which I think would be cool. But anyway, beside the point. That's an amazing um, scene, and I think everything to do, you know, with the time travel stuff, you just have to. They they poke fun at it so much that it makes you sit back and go like you know what they're right why let's, exactly. let's not think about why it. criticize the whole time and they do thing that I mean they specifically make those Back to the Future references and stuff they reference it multiple times where they're just like okay we get it yes yeah like, it's but it's dumb. not that way don't we don't care <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. just go with it it's a comic book movie basically and you totally do because of what they give you and. I remember sitting in that theater. I don't remember what moment it was, but I turned to you in the theater and I'm like, this might be the best movie ever made. And yes. I don't remember what the moment was. I don't I think remember it was what it was Captain either, but America I do finally got Thor's hammer. Oh, well, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, but that's, um, that's you a really, payoff. this is the ultimate, maybe the most I've ever been in a movie where I completely lost myself or any sense of reality outside of that screen. 100%. It does not. I when, didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what day it was. That, I didn't know yeah, what, and that's anything. What, that's what I was going to bring up is about everybody was complaining about, oh, it's going to be three hours. Like, how am I going to be able to sit through a three hour oh, show? A blink of an eye. It literally never felt like three hours. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know how long it was. I didn't know where we were at. I didn't care. Like, I didn't feel like I was even sitting in a seat. I was just surrounded by. I felt like it was Endgame. in the movie. Yeah. And just, it was around you and you were just in it. Right. Because you just had to take it in. Yeah. And it was a spectacle like this, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. You can't, you can't not be so engrossed in this movie. I'm sure if you like wait to watch it at home, it's going to have a different effect. It won't be the same at home, the maybe. Theaters. But I went to see it a second time uh, uh, two days later. Yeah, it was better the second time. Okay, it's hard to say because I walked out of that movie and I said that might be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and you know, is that a strong statement? Of course, but it it's it's up there. It. And the yeah, second I, time I saw it, I thought it was even better. That's and I wasn't for a second bored, and I was still the same beats right. were making me almost get up out of my chair. Right. The, the one thing I will say, and maybe we can get to this later in a whole different discussion, because once you go through, um, well, we'll get to that because I, I want to bring up that point. 
point later. But anyway, through the whole time heist, which is basically act two of this I, movie. And I like how they call it a I time love it. heist. There's, that's they the always fun, that's the fun part heist. of the movie, right? Oh, yeah, for um, sure. But the very fact, this is what's insanely genius about this movie, is this isn't just the end of a 22-movie-long connected universe saga. No. Um, it's, um, it's uh, what do you call that when it's like... Um, time heist? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. When you're paying homage to something. Like, oh, it's uh, um, a tribute. Well, not a tribute. No. Uh, you know the word I'm looking for. I, I, did, I think so. I'm trying to think of it. It's, it's a... a well, uh, maybe it's just... Homage. Homage, yes. It's an homage. And it, they do that through these masterful scenes of these characters going back to their previous movies. Yeah. And you and, and you, they talk about Thor the Dark World and they make you want to see Thor the Dark World all over again. And they're going back to the Avengers movie and they're going back to all these places that we've already explored and they're showing you the character growth yep. in those scenes. And they're paying homage to everything they've been through and everything you've been through as a viewer. It's it's incredibly genius, the mechanism by which they yeah. did that. They didn't have to do it that way. Yeah. But they did. And that whole way through there, they're just giving you these amazing scenes. Like, um, the ama- I, I really lo- loved what the Hulk was with um, the Ancient One or whatever. In New York, when she, when she when he gets oh the time yeah stone. yeah yeah I love that whole scene yeah um, and she punches him out of his body and well, then they have an actual conversation yeah, when you and, get Captain America in that elevator well wait I want then she says because he's like he says like Doctor Strange gave up this stone to Thanos he's like and I need to get it back and she looks at him and she's like she's like wait a minute she's like uh, she's like Strange gave this up he's like he knows something that I don't know. Okay, you can have it. And yeah. she like immediately knew like this guy's more going to be more pow- powerful than me even though he, at this moment he's still just a surgeon. I know he's going to be more powerful than me and he has a plan for this. It's the right plan. I'm going to give it to you. Right. And that part to me I was like, "Whoa." It was like mind-blowing yeah. that she knew like okay, like he's he's doing the right thing well, because I, I know how she powerful she didn't even know him. You know, I mean, the, she just knew he's twenty seven down the blocks doing y- surgery. Yeah, you know what I mean. But she knew that she was he. She knew that he's the best of them. Yes, and the, and we're and, not talking like now. No, we're talking about twenty years from now. He's the best of them. Yeah, because he's <laughs> just getting started being Doctor. See Strange. how that's that shit to me is crazy. So that's deep to but watch. It, you know the that scene in the elevator with Captain America. Y- Yes. When he he's with the Hydra agents. He's with like the Hydra agents. It's super tense. And they, they could the just have a beat up scene there that's incredible. Well, you think it's gonna be the exact same scene, scene from, from uh what's it from um Winter, Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier and No, he's it's got, not. It's from must be from Avengers. No, it's from the first isn't it from the first Captain America movie? I can't because remember. the Red Skull's involved. I don't remember. But yeah, it's from the first because they're all Hydra agents in the first movie. No, no, no. They do that exact scene in another movie where he's in the elevator. I know. Well, it's I'm not saying. from First Avenger. You don't think they so? have the Loki stick. The Loki staff, yeah. That's from Avengers. It must be. Okay. Either well, way, anyway, he's then back he just in there turns and, and says, Hail Hydra. Yeah. I mean, incredible fan service. Yes. Right. Big time. Um, and then they don't do that whole scene. It's very tense. And they have that great fight between himself and himself, and and that's the thing. Like you feel that's a, like that's America's okay. Ass. Now they're gonna they're gonna fight him again, but then 
they go a completely different route and they don't have to because you right. already know what's going to happen. I feel like that. But in that, itself and is, it also shows the growth of Captain America because yeah. he's fighting that naive version of himself from earlier. Yes. You know, the uh, language yeah. version of himself. <laughs> yes. And he's now, oh, God damn it. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that, but you know what I mean? Yep. That yep. is America's ass. <laughs> yeah, that, you know that I mean? part is funny. <laughs> that is America's ass. But then they go, um, I liked it even when they went deeper, when they went back to the 1960s or 70s, whenever that was. And that gives you, I think, one of the best scenes in the movie. And that's the scene with Tony and his dad. Yes. Which is, again, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing or stealing a little from Kevin Smith, but he's right on the nose when he says, you know, Kevin Smith says, if I were to write that scene, he'd be blubbering and crying and saying, I love you, dad, yes. blah, blah, blah. Yep. He goes, but you guys are so much better at this than <laughs> yeah. I am. And he's like, you know, you do it, you know, he, in his own Tony Stark Howard Stark way, way, yeah, that is concealing, but yet revealing. Yeah, he gets. I, I just made that up, by the way. Concealing yet revealing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, like concealing their emotions to the point. It's just very on point for that character, yeah. and it also it ties up again so much. A loop. It's it, the end game of this movie is that there is like. Father, son, mother, son. Yeah, like that's it. That's parental, what this movie's about. It's like parental closure. Fathers basically. and sons and daughter and mothers and sons. And, and it's being okay with where you're at. It's being okay with what you've done. It's literally just them being able to go back and say like, you know, basically like, I love you. Thank you for yeah. everything in their own little but ways. Even like deeper Thor than that. gets to do the same thing with his mom. Right. And then, you know. Tony and his daughter. That, that's what this movie yes. is about. And it's then it about fathers and, and sons. And yeah. D- mothers and sons. It's it absolutely great. is. And he gets to do that. And then you get to find it. And then you get to hear him call the, like the guy driving this car Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, you just assume that that's from the comic books where Jarvis, you know, it's from was, the show agent Peggy Carter. It, it And I didn't know that either until recently either. that it was in, he was in uh, the show. Right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I thought. No, was he in no, Shield? I know. I watched all of that. No, it's from Peggy Carter. Oh, okay. Short, short-lived show. Yeah. Um, but they give you this scene where um, Steve goes back and sees Peggy Carter in her office. Yes. Which is, again, you don't realize. Like through windows. You don't, you realize that that, you're like, oh, that's a cool callback to mm-hmm. the first Avenger. And, but you don't even realize what's coming. Right. Where that's uh, a little bit of foreshadowing and backshadowing, which is amazing. All in one. Um, so that's a great scene. And then they do the same thing, obviously, with Thor going back and... On the day his mom dies. He does have a... Gr- I, you didn't care. If, you said you didn't like that part that much. I thought the whole exchange between him and his mother was incredible. Oh, no. That part I like. I'm saying the, just the fat Thor in general. Oh, yeah. That, I love that when part he cut, is great. gets Mjolnir back and... I'm still worthy. Yeah. <laughs> because that, well, like I said earlier with the whole P you were talking about PTSD, but he didn't feel like he, he was worthy yeah, at no, all anymore. At all. Like I'm not worthy enough to have any of this stuff. And that's why when he got rid of, or when Mjolnir was taken from him basically, or broken, it was broken from his, By his sister. sister. Um, but when he got it back, he was like, Holy cow, I can still hold this thing. I yeah. am still worthy. And it, it like re- rejuvenates him basically. And Which then, is awesome. And then they take you to the, the the last stone. Well, first of all, they get the great Guardians of the Galaxy callback. They bring back uh, 
uh, Chris um, Pratt dancing. Yes. But then they just knock him out. Yeah. And they yeah. get the stone there. You know, it got a little into the weeds with the whole nebula, nebula projection, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I thought that and was how they can connect with each other somehow. Whatever. That was one of those things. Was, was like, that was one part of the movie to me. It, that was seemed like exposition to explain how they could set up a really cool end fight scene. Yep. And to me, it was just like a little bit like, okay, that was my least favorite part of the movie. But I agree. I do feel like it is a, it was it's a, it's the a easiest device. way. It's yeah. A device. The easiest device to get Thanos back at the end somehow. So, you know, one way or another, that's was the easiest way for him to do that. But, um, and like how they can connect, or talk to each other like through the dimensions because they were they were like right. they knew where each other were at somehow uh, I don't know how that works but then again I don't know how cyborgs work so <laughs> well then they give you one of the best scenes is, and 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 if you listen to the writers Marcus and McFeely talk about this they they want you to know that when you get to Vormir you just feel dread because mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. Right. And I, I honestly, um, I did know what was, I thought I didn't think about it until the moment. Okay. But once you see that planet yeah. and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> but it, what a way to make two kind of periphery characters so important. And they say that it was really funny because when they were figuring out the time heist, they're like, well, we knew it had to be those two. Right. And, it was solely because, you know, he said they said it. They go, well, you're not going to send Captain America and Rocket. They don't love each other. They don't even know each other. Yeah. You know, and they even do a little callback on the ship on the way to Vormir where they say, you know, this isn't, uh, what is it, Beirut or whatever? Yes. Something like this that. Isn't, this isn't Beirut. I yeah. mean, they have a long history that they love each other. Obviously not romantically, but they but they, they love each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, or they might have. Um, we'll Maybe in out. Beirut. Yeah. So um, when they get to that whole scene, you know, and it's back and forth, and I, I love that little flippant, um, the Red Skulls floating there, you know, they're trying to make a decision. They've gone yeah. away, they've come back, they've gone away, they've come back, and the, they're talking, and the Red Skull's kind of floating in the background, and Hawkeye just looks at him and goes, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. But they were fighting for a long time on who should yeah. give up their life, basically, and why they need to give up their life. Did you and have any Hawkeye, idea? Did you see that coming? Uh, of them two? No, yeah. not in the slightest. I didn't even see her doing what she did, really. I didn't see her dying did, in the movie at all. Did you, when they got to that planet, did you realize that one of them was going to die? Did uh, that cross your mind? Um, Or had you kind of forgotten about that? From No, I mean, I knew a soul for a soul, but I didn't think it would take effect in that situation, to be honest. I thought... Since it is you a time they'd heist, figure out a way around it. I thought they'd just be able to like snag it yeah, and okay. leave. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think it was. I the knew same. as soon as they, I, I, I didn't think about it, but as soon as they got that plan, I go, "It's a soul for a soul, man. One of them. This is and it. I, That's why they sent these two. I knew it was a soul for a soul, but they didn't know but, that going in. None of no, the characters no, they knew didn't. that. Nope. But the only people to know that was Thanos and Gamora, right? At the t- by that time, you know. And then that's the thing. So Gamora loses her she, life in that. She doesn't know it actually. And well, not anymore. No, right. because so Gamora doesn't come back. You right. Know, she just she never comes back. Right. But she does. Right. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be interesting. I didn't see honestly. I kind of thought I was back and forth. I'm like they're not going to kill Hawkeye because he's got a family. 
But I'm like, but they're going to kill Hawkeye because he's a much less right important character. Plus, they set it up like he'd become so awful. Yes. Although I don't really so, consider what he was doing awful. Well, no, I don't think it was either. But they, he acts like it was. Right. He feels like it was. So they, they, set up, they set that up, but then they went the other way. Yeah. And, and it was a powerful moment when she was laying there yeah. dead. Yeah, and they just show her there laying in her own blood dead. But not as powerful as the next moment when they all warp back with their stones oh, and you yeah. see the look. On um, Hulk's face. <laughs> on just all of them. Yeah. First of all, on Jeremy Renner's face. Yeah. And then as they all... Where, realize where's Natasha or Natasha right? yeah where's Natasha and then it just sets in and that was a really uh, yeah and crazy then, moment so you have that really heavy moment but they get back into the movie pretty quickly and then you don't really hear about it or talk about it or think about her dying until it gets back so Hulk ends up putting on the um, gauntlet and we talked about that incredible moment right he he's like i feel like i was made for this he ends up putting the gauntlet on it it burns him up pretty good too and beats him up pretty bad uh trying and, that, and that's a that's a by the way um that's specifically why you don't see much more of him later on in the battle scenes and stuff right was because that was their idea was he was pretty severely injured yeah and he's in a like a sling at the end of the movie because like that's his about arms. that's about it for the hulk for the movie yeah basically you know. He's basically done after that. He, yeah, he doesn't really do anything after that. But he, uh, so he he snaps his fingers, um, you know, thinking about bringing everyone back, and he is successful. Um, you don't, they don't really like give it away. Like everyone just appears. Uh, I think but, they did it in a really cool way. Yeah, like um, Her, she gets, Ant he Man, gets a phone call. Yeah, and Ant Man goes out to the window and he's like looking around. Sees the birds. He sees a bunch of birds and like things look different. And then uh, Hawkeye gets a phone call from his wife wondering where he's at. And he starts, you know, getting choked up like, yep, I'm here. I'm fine. You know, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, boom, which the you, whole place. Of course, just, don't see coming either. It's right. just it gets. But what I was going to say is uh, so after that, uh, Hulk is standing there and he's like, he's like, I tried to bring her back. Right. Like I thought about. I was thinking about her so much talking about uh, Natasha. It's like, I, I thought about her. I was, I was trying to bring her back so bad Yeah, and you couldn't because, but in case you guys didn't know, there is a black widow movie coming out. I thought it was a TV show. No, there's a movie. So are they going to make it a prequel or are they going to bring her back somehow? It's going to be a prequel. I don't think I, so. I don't see how they can do this. And then go back and make a prequel. That seems like such regression. I I would agree with you, but in, in a way, but I don't, you can't, you can't go back. You can't bring her back now because you didn't bring Gamora back. Uh, but here's the difference, Jerry. Captain America returned the stone. A, I know, a, but it's but not. A soul for a soul. That doesn't say a stone for a soul. No, it's the soul stone. Well, I know that, but. That's what they say, a soul for a soul, a soul for the soul stone. He returns the soul stone. Do you get the soul back? It's possible. Yeah, I guess that's the only explanation. Can you imagine a world, though? And uh, First of all, there's a couple little points to this. So So, by all accounts, you would think the Red Skull is relieved of his um, oppression. Right. So he's back in the mix, potentially. Potentially. Could, Could be. 
do you see a situation? I wouldn't be interested to see, and I don't think they fleshed it out. Actually, they were asked this directly, and they're like, we didn't really put any thought into it. But Captain America is not giving a stone back to to uh, the Red Skull. The Red Skull. It ain't yeah. going to happen. So I don't know what that whole exchange was like, but it'd right. be interesting to find out. But he was Plus, how supposed does he get to put the, it all back together. How does he get the ether back into Natalie? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> I heard him say that too. How does he get that back into her? That'd be interesting to watch. <laughs> That's a whole different movie that aren't that isn't for children. Yeah. But anyway, and this is still act two in this movie. Yeah. Because then it's the Thanos destruction and then there's the beginning of the the war. Yeah. Times two. With some again, some of the most incredible moments of the movie. Right. So you get to see um I mean, so Thanos finds out that they're doing this, right? Yeah. Um, through a convoluted series of events. Yeah. So what? Is, explain that again. So okay. I've only seen this the one time. Okay. So I've seen it again. So Nebula, um, past Nebula, who's still with Thanos. Yes. And desperate for his approval, um, relays a message from current Nebula while they're in the same timeline because mm-hmm. she's getting the stone on whatever the name of that planet That's is. That's right. Um, she like is connected to her and and he, like feels her memory or feels no like she a, projects it out of her eye. She projects that, yes yeah you're right Nebula you're right. and um, Rhodey talking about something and he's like well we got to get there we got to get her and scan her memory yeah so they go get the stone they get ready to jump and all of a sudden she gets um, schizoid out or whatever right she runs back to her ship tries to call Hawkeye and Black Widow to warn them. And they beam her up on the ship. From there, they basically dismantle her and get all of her memories. Yes. So they know exactly what's going on. Or Thanos does. And they use her PIM particles, essentially, to jump into the current timeline. And they swap her out for the old Nebula. Yeah, they like replace a piece of her. So she comes back in as a, you know, old Nebula back to the current time. They don't really know what's going on. She hijacks the machine. Yes. In the current time to bring Thanos back. Yep. So that's how that works. And in the meantime, you also find out Gamora is still with Thanos and with Nebula. This is before she ever left and decided to be with, you know, all of the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. This is like predating any of the Guardians but you of the would Galaxy assume movies. She's already got the long con plot. Yes. To destroy Thanos. Absolutely. She she's does. working for him, but she's obviously and not. And she, she's definitely him. starting to to see uh, like why she definitely needs to do that, why she needs to leave Thanos, why she needs to get away from our, from him and uh, Nebula because of like what, uh, of what he, she sees he's done, right. like getting rid of half of the universe. And she realizes like, this is not good, but it's still before her and Peter Quill have a relationship whatsoever. And then Peter sees her yeah, again. They pay that off really in a really, um, a, a really emotional moment that becomes pretty funny really quickly. Right, because and it's exactly what you would expect. But the because look it on is his, what his face, is. Chris Pratt, he acts mm-hmm. it perfectly. Um, it does almost choke you up when he first sees her. Just the look on his face and the way he says, Gamora, you know. Yeah, because she's dead. But then they pay off the comedy just perfectly. He right goes up that. and grabs her and he immediately, like, uh, what she do, punch him or slap him she or something? She kicks him in the balls Oh, twice. that's right. You missed the first time. You got them both the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, I mean, that brings into that whole next sequence of the fight scene, which, um, I mean, I think we can really break down. Um, I love when it's 
Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor right there, and they're they're just like, okay, we're going to take on Thanos. And in your mind, you're going like, well, Thanos is fucked. He's fucked. He doesn't yeah, have the stones. No, he, there's no way. And so, but he, you he don't realize how powerful Thanos is because you get it in your mind from earlier when they easily handled him, but he was also severely disabled. Well, I've also got it in my mind that they could easily handle him in the comic books. Well, but Thor was not up to the top notch Thor. Right. He's not. And Captain America and Iron Man are no match for Thanos. But I mean, Captain America with Mjolnir. Well, it pays off a great scene. So they have a fantastic fight scene. Essentially, Thanos basically is winning. Thor's got him kind of pinned down. And then all of a sudden... Well, Thanos has Thor pinned down and starts pushing Stormbreaker into into his his chest. chest. And he's doing it slow, like real slow, pushing it into his chest. Yeah. And then that's when Mjolnir flies in. Yeah. And off screen, knocks him off, and then it flies into Captain America's hand and... it's just it's, it's an amazing like, moment. It's probably the the best single scene of the movie, I think. Like where it gives you the, the whole place was cheering. So many different feels of like, oh my god! Thor has the great line, like, "I knew it." Yeah, I is it? I knew it, or uh, he is worthy. I knew it was. I it was something like that because it pays off the moment in a in an Ultron. Yeah. When Captain America is able to move it, he like makes it shake a little bit, right? Yeah. 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 So that was a great moment. And then, you know, Captain America's basically got him on the ropes. You're like, okay, this is going in the right direction. But then it turns very quickly. Really bad. And then he it's gets... basically everybody's done. It's Captain America. That's where I thought they were going to kill him. That's exactly where I thought Captain America was dying. Because the, when he's just slamming, like punching him in the chest and up, up against his... Uh, Breaks the... Yeah, his shield. shield. It's just busting up his Which... shield. Pretty unbreakable, that shield. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. No. But um, he's busting up his shield, just pounding him literally into the dirt. And you assume, like, this is it. This is where he's dead. But... Well, then he, he gets back up, and there's a beautiful moment where Thanos brings out his all his armies, right? Yeah. And it's only Captain America. Yep. And Captain America's like this is perfect for the character. He stands up and he's just like, "This is it. I will face them all by myself and die." Yeah, and you know, and then what? You, I think that's when you get the best moment. Yeah, of the this movie. is the best moment of the you movie. Just hear it on, on your, your left. left. <laughs> Another payoff to yep. Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, and that's when it's all Falcon. Falcon says, "On your left." All the heroes show up, and it's just. Well, you get you start seeing those spinny circle, rings yeah. from uh, from Doctor Strange. All the little spinny rings appear on his left, and people start walking out. There's like Spider Man walks out, Doctor Strange walks out. You know, all of them start walking out of these little spinny circles, and coming behind him, Black Panthers there. They're all there, and he's like, "Where did you guys come from?" You know, yeah. like what's happening. Um, then they go into their kind of zany um, flea flicker chase scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they, well. Which was fun. It's all fun. And then, you know, it's great when Captain Marvel finally shows up. Yeah. And remember when Thanos tries to headbutt her and it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yes. But she gets handled pretty easily, which I really enjoyed. I liked. I liked they didn't make her overpowered. Overpowered, yes. But, you I know, agree. and uh, Scarlet Witch is handling him easily, but he's always able to pull something off, which is fine. 
you know, they have that great moment too with Giant Man where he comes out and just takes down. The... That's the thing. It's like, couldn't Giant Man just like go over there and squish him? Yeah, I would think so. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Like you could just walk through all of those people and bad guys and just step on them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Where was he? Well, he was trying to open the portal in the van. That's right. Um, to get the stones out of there. That's when Hulk's like, we got to return the stones to their timelines. Yeah. Because they wanted to destroy them. But he's like, you can't. We got to take them to this timeline. Find the van, whatever. A little convoluted here and there story stuff. But great scene. Um, There's so much involved that you're bound to run into that somewhere. None of it takes away from the movie. Not at all. The The way we're speaking of it now is just like thinking back like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, that might be a little shaky. But... By the way, no nobody that you know of or are going to ever be around in your life can probably write this well. So, no. you know, it is what it is. They lost count <laughs> at 40 drafts. Is that is that right? Yep. They were writing this movie up Would, through wouldn't filming. You love, wouldn't you love to see some of those drafts, like see what they came they, up for with? For two years, they took this script into a room with a group of people and put line by line on a projector screen and just broke it down and just rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it. Yeah. For two years, 12 hours a day. Wow. Talk about being sick of a movie. (laughs) I bet you, I bet you they're so sick of that. He said they wrote so many stories and so many arcs and so many lines that just, they just threw out 40 pages here, gone 15 pages here, gone. Just, Whole, they rewrote and wrote and rewrote and wrote over and over and over again. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's That's insane, awesome. and, and you can tell. I was just gonna say, and you know what you get out of it? A perfect movie. And they do this like with all of them, By the way, all of these Marvel movies. It's well, not just that. This is their strategy. This is the Kevin Feige of it all. But this one, out of all of them, is ninety nine point nine nine percent perfect. Yeah, it's you know it's incredible. You're just not gonna find it better. So. All of them show back up. Yeah. And what happens? Um, then That's when you get the great scene with Captain Marvel. Yeah. And he really thinks she's going to kind of get the best of it, but she gets tossed aside. And then you get the Doctor Strange pointing at Tony oh, Stark. Oh, yes. This, one, this part. One. Yeah. Because he wouldn't tell him earlier that this is the one. And that's what he knows. I forgot about that's that. That's when Tony knows. He goes, this is, this is it for me. Yep. And he goes, he gets the stones. So a little bit of backstory to that, because Dr. Strange is, has seen, he, he worked through, what is it like? It's millions. It was millions. Hundreds of millions of yeah. different sequences in his, in his mind going over, uh, you know, what's going to happen. And it, they reference earlier, like this better be, I think it was Tony yeah, that talks to him and said, this, is this the one? Like, is this going to be it? Like this better be the one that we win. Because it has to be like this has to be the one we win. I can't do this, and then they keep fighting, and that's that's where they reference that is that he looks over at him and he just holds up a finger one, and yeah, like you said, Tony then realizes like I have to do this, and he's fighting Thanos during this time. Yeah, and you see him fighting. Thanos has all of the stones in his in his gauntlet. He's literally flew over and stopped his hand from. Yeah, and that's what Captain Marvel was doing, keeping him. That's right, keeping him from uh, um, from doing it all over again, um, like uh, snapping his finger. And 
so they stop him, and then Tony comes up and is doing the same thing, but in the process of fighting him, so he throws Tony off to the side. But you had seen Tony grabbing his hand and his gauntlet, right? And then he throws him off to the side, and then Thanos brings up his hand, and he says, I am inevitable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because God, earlier he says, yeah, it's a callback. This, this is inevitable that this would happen. This was the, like the very first scene when they cut a, his head a, off. It's future Thanos. Right. So that's what makes it kind of cool. And then he says, I, I am an inevi- inevitable. And then he clicks his fingers. I didn't see it coming, by the way. I thought that click was going to be like, fuck. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was going to reset things. But anyway, um, clicks his fingers. Nothing happens. And then he turns the gauntlet around, and you don't see any stones in his, in it at all. They're all gone. And then it goes flashes over to Tony, and he's got him in his own gauntlet on his own hand. Yeah. And I don't remember what he says. He I says am something. Iron Man. That's yes, that's it. An right amazing callback again. Yeah. Genius. And he's got all the stones and in his own gauntlet. And you think that could come off so corny, right? But it doesn't. You were- it yeah, pays you would assume saying something like that. I am yeah, Iron Man, yeah, but it works so phenomenally. And you just when he says it, the theater cheered. Uh, yes, everybody did, and it and there was no hesitation after he said, "I am Iron Man," to click his Bam. fingers and immediately. That's is the next great thing is I, all the Thanos and all his army start disappearing, but they don't. It's not immediate. You know, they get this great scene where Thanos, where he just kind of lumbers yes. over and sits down. And so looks his, up into his the army sky. starts dying off. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he and sits his there. moment of inevitability. I mean, he just looks up and he doesn't even say a word. No, nope. he just starts to disintegrate. It's so great, it's a great scene. I, and I brought this up after the movie because of, of that scene. Like in a lot of the a lot of the things Thanos does throughout the movie, but that scene, yeah, he looks up at the sky and then he just kind of like hangs his head down. He just slowly looks down at the ground and he fades away. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't see Josh Brolin in this movie, that dude can act, oh, man. Yeah. He's, He's acting his ass off as a CGI character. And think about that. That guy's like, he's got these white balls all over, like t- right. tennis balls or like golf balls all over him, acting with these people. And he's acting his ass off during yeah. this stuff. And he's doing it so well. Like he is Thanos in those moments. And, he, he just it's, it's incredible acting. I can't yeah. even like speak thinking about what he's done as I mean, that I, character in the first Infinity War. I, he's very good. I think it's a very good character. But this movie brought that dude to life because he truly believed as, into what he was doing. Like when he when he kept saying he didn't keep saying it. He only said it twice. But I am inevitable. Like I am going to achieve this because it is the right thing. Oh, and I forgot about a destined. There, there's to an do earlier it. scene with him earlier, and uh, I think this is great. And I listened to some commentary on this afterwards that was a little more political than I would like. But um, they were talking about basically that scene where Thanos he he's he's saying he goes, "I thought that wiping out half of the." people like he thought he had a purpose and as righteous right yeah and they bring up the fact and then he goes like it obviously it's not gonna work so i'm just gonna start over i'm gonna kill everybody and start over with the new universe yes i love that scene but they did bring up some really good points like this is the definition of a tyrannical dictator or, or government or um anything it's like yeah you know 
you can wipe out half the universe and you think that's going to solve your resources problem. But then when that doesn't work, it always leads to the next step and the next step and the next step. And inevitably it leads to somebody saying, okay, let's scratch it all and start over. And, you know, we've seen that in history over and over again. For sure. Um, But I thought that was an interesting, it was an interesting commentary. Um, They were kind of going with the fact that um, the whole run of these Marvel, and this is maybe better for the end of this discussion, but this whole run really has a set of values that's good, you know, like for sure. And, um, you know, values, not only they're family friendly movies and the good guys win and everything, but they each, each movie in its own right establishes positive values. And then the overarching story establishes a positive values. It's just a rare, a rare thing. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that's the whole side because, uh, Tony just snapped them all out of existence. And then, you just get left with one of the most powerful scenes of his death. Big time. So everyone's gone. Just, first of all, he talks to Spider-Man, which is incredible. That to me is, is like the most powerful is when, because it it flips the script there again from infinity war to Endgame. infinity war. Tony's seeing Peter Parker, like vanish. Yeah. And, And Peter's like, I don't, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. I and don't none want to of go. that works without the setup, amazing setup in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And so the next day after we saw Endgame, I, I was at home and Amy wanted to watch Homecoming. She hadn't, she had seen it before, but she wanted to watch it again. The boys wanted to watch it. So we put it on and I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was like, yeah, oh, I love this movie and Michael Keaton's so great. And then I start watching it when he's in the car with, Tony and they're talking back yeah. and forth. I was like, wow, this hurts a lot more than I thought yeah. it would. They did. They set up this um, relationship in the span of, I wouldn't even call it, in minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. how many minutes in that movie and how many minutes in Infinity War? Uh, 20 total minutes. Yeah, probably 20. But they set up this incredibly deep and powerful relationship. And then it's a very poignant moment. And then I think that's what starts setting up Tony. Um, like not being selfish anymore. Well, you know what I mean, if you remember the, one of the reasons, remember he was that scene in his kitchen where he looks at the picture of Peter Parker and him. Yeah, absolutely. In Endgame, And you know, that's what makes him change his mind. And there's also, or, oh, man, the whole scene where he comes back from space and he's like angry. He's super mad. And then he says something like off kilter, like uh, we lost the kid or something like that. Yeah. There's also a great scene with him and Captain America when he pulls back up after he defeats the or after the time travel after he figures it out, and he you know says like I'm just I just want to put these grudges aside. Yeah, like I can't live with it anymore. I, it was that was a good scene between yeah. them too. Absolutely, their, their relationship and everything. I think well, that's I, when he comes back to like Avengers headquarters, right, and then gives him uh, yeah, yeah his shield. Yeah, gives it's a, a good scene. Yeah, Captain America's shield. Guys, back. this is still Act Two, by the way. We're still talking about Act Two. Yeah, because that this is the beginning. Tony's death, which he has a great, well. No, we already went into Act Three because we talked about him. I think Act dying. That's the beginning of Act Three of this movie. Uh, Tony Stark dying. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I think so. No, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think so. He's, it's got to well, be in that's any towards case, the end. He's got a great scene with uh, Pepper Potts. Where yes. she just, I love when she, he, first of all, they were talking, the writers were talking about, they had a bunch of dialogue for Tony Stark at the end there when he was dying. Really? 
And, so and Robert Downey Jr. was the one that said, um, no, I'm not going to talk. Yeah. And that made it oh so powerful. It was big time because he was always full of words. Tony, yeah. in every movie, had everything to say. He was always the guy that had the last word and everything, or he was always the smartest in some way, shape, or form, or just being, you know, Tony Stark, uh, arrogant. Yeah. The only way he could go out is not saying anything. Like, of course, he's just... And then they have that scene, like, his arc is complete, and Pepper says to him, you can go now. Yeah. And then he just dies. That's Amy was asking me if anybody teared up, and I was like, listen... I don't want to talk about it, but this is the only time I've ever sat next to three adult men for three hours and never spoke a word to each other and cried next to them. (laughs) (laughs) I will say after that moment, and this is what I was going to say earlier. So after that moment and through the following scenes, which we'll talk about next in the third act or the last act of the movie, um, it felt like the air had been sucked out of the room. Big not time. not just for me personally, the whole but the whole room. place. And I remember like you're you're just staring and just your face is drooping and you're just like it felt like it felt like you feel when you get horrible news. Yeah. Like yeah. about somebody that you care about that's passed away or yeah. you know, something tragic. I, I mean not obviously, okay. We know it's a movie. I, I know it's a movie and I maybe I shouldn't have said that. But it was that it, to a lesser extent, it was that. It felt like the air had been sucked out but of the like, room. But like we had said before, in that moment, there, like this was the reality of the yeah. Of you the were moment. so in it, man. You're so in that. The movie. movie took you for that ride, and it made you feel that emotion. And that's what this. That's what storytelling is. That's what make believe is. Is that escape? It's escapism. You get out of your realm. That's why a lot of people that feel like different than other people or whatever gravitate to these movies yeah. or gravitate to comic books because it's a way for them to escape and live somewhere else for yeah. that moment. Right. Well, and, and not only the fact that you've been living with this for 10 years, right. 22 movies yeah. and for us, a lifetime of comic books. Absolutely. So that pays off for us on a whole nother level. Yeah. But, but that moment of that, that feeling of the air sucked out of the room and just intense quiet yeah. Um, that persisted through the rest of the movie, by the way, like for another Everything. 45 minutes. It was it was the most silent movie at, after that point that yeah. I think you'll ever sit in. And it, like but for you the could, crowd. I'm not even talking about the, just the noise. Like you could feel it in the mm, air yeah. of that theater. So I thought that was incredible. But the second time when I went back, it was different. Um, and that time I was like crying at every one of those moments. The yeah. first time I, I really wasn't because you're so in shock. You're almost like, you don't know it's what to do. It's hard to even feel. You feel so much loss. Yeah. And not from the character dying. You, that's the moment when you realize that like you feel the loss of it all ending. Yeah. The whole franchise. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're never going to get this again. We aren't. And that's when I started feeling like, I'm like, that's, this is, this is we're it. never going to get anything like that. And, by the way, you didn't walk out of that movie. You, I walked out of that movie depressed because I'm like, this is it. This is the end. It's never going to happen again. But not feeling unsatisfied, not feeling like there was anything left on the table. Yeah, exactly. Like it was all paid off. It was all left on the table. Mm-hmm. I was completely paid off on it. But you did. I, I remember we, we said it when we walked out. I'm like, I kind of just feel like 
like heavy depression. Yeah, <laughs> we all did. We got back in the car and we're like, whoa, <laughs> like it was so good, but it's it's done. Yeah, like it's it was. Over it's a with. weird feeling. It, it was a weird feeling because, like, like you said, like um, now, granted, thirty five, but these movies have been out for 10, 11 years now. So, you know, you you've lived with them for a long time. Yes, that is a a huge. It's the biggest portion of any characters we've ever lived with. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've never lived with, with a character exception longer than of, uh, Exception maybe of Star Wars. B- yes. but Because I was in, so into the games and the books and, you know, everything. But in, like, consecutive order with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a big gap there. A couple of years. I mean, a couple For a while, movies a year. Most of us thought Star Wars was over a long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Several it, times. Yeah. <laughs> that's why... It, it's that's a little bit different because it was gone for a long time and you thought it was over, then it came back and then it was gone. Like, so this is still, this is different because it yeah. was continuous from 2008 until now. And like it I was said, like one two movies big a year story. And, but anyway, that, that we got the whole end of the movie to talk about, which is incredible. So you get the whole funeral scene, which is, is great. Um, it immediately goes into that great scene where he's the hologram of himself with, the goodbye yes. message to his daughter and all yeah. that stuff. Yep. It's great. And the funeral scene. And then, um, I don't even, I feel like I'm forgetting stuff. Cause well, it, you realize what, with that, like with that goodbye message that he recorded that right after he figured out the time, travel. the time travel. Yeah. He figured out the time travel on how to do that. And he knew like, I'm going to record this cause I'm not, I'm most likely not going to come back right. from this this fight they basically pay off each character or wrap up every storyline they do the guardians well not not a lot to do here for um the guardians of the galaxy except nope. for rocket which um, is fine which is fine they have a really great scene with um thor and valkyrie and then thor yep. with the, the as guardians of the galaxy yeah it's great Le- yeah that scene's really good about figuring out who's yeah. in charge that's, that's a great comment <laughs> um i can't even remember all the other storylines that they paid off but um, you know, obviously the big thing we're going towards here is the very ending when right. they send Captain America back to put the stones all back. He misses his mark, and then he was only supposed to be gone for like five seconds. Yeah, and they they're like, okay, you take as long as you need to put all these stones back. Uh, you know, do whatever you got to do, but he's going to be back in about five seconds for us. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hulk is standing there. He's like. They send him off, and he's like, okay, five, four, three, two, one. Nothing happens. He's like, he missed his mark. Where'd he go? And then they're, mm-hmm. like, waiting and waiting and looking around, and then all of a sudden they see a Which guy. what I thought was um, skinny young Steve Rogers. That's exactly what I thought. I thought he didn't take the super soldier serum. Yeah, or something, yeah. And it's just this old skinny guy over there, and you're going to realize that's who it is. I know I thought it was gonna be young, skinny, like oh, okay, okay. But anyway, no, it was old Captain America. They gave him a great scene. Uh, you know, at that moment, I'm like, who's getting the shield? Because I knew somebody was getting. Well, it. Falcon goes over to talk to him. I know, but I I wasn't sure if it was gonna be Winter Soldier or, no, or I know. Bucky or, or, or Falcon. I assumed it would be Bucky. I did. I did too. I thought. I thought, it would be I thought Bucky makes was more sense get it. for it to be Falcon though, because it's pretty established in the comics. Yeah. Um, but that is a phenomenal scene, and that's again one. The first viewing, I was you're still so in shock. You but, are. Yeah. Um, the second time around, 
you are really a little more able to appreciate it. And it was very much more emotional. I was definitely tearing up at that scene. Yeah. Um, a great scene. And then you realize like he's gone back and lived his life. And that's what I'm talking about. This complete character arc of Captain America where his, his and Tony Stark's character arcs intersected. And Cause, it, cause of what he says, beautiful. he yeah. says, he asks, he asks him about, uh, Peggy. He's like, how, how was she? And he's like, you know, I don't think I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to keep that one to myself. That was his uh, straight-up voice, by the way. Um, There was no modulation on his voice. Really? Chris Evans did that old man voice. spoke that way? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I I did like, um, it brings up all these questions because um, in Winter Soldier, whatever the movie is where... Peggy get, Carter dies or is dying. Gets married. She's married, but you you realize they never show who she's married to. Yeah. Did you? So did you listen to Fat Man on Batman yeah. Oh, yeah. or uh, Fat Man Beyond, mm-hmm. where they talked about that? Yeah. That that's a really good thought. Like, I think it is. I think that's the case. I think she was married to him. So yeah, when when Peggy's dying and Captain America comes back after he was frozen and sees her for the last time dying, and she's got like dementia and stuff. They they have said you know she's not really with it. And she starts talking about her husband. She was married and he gets really like, not necessarily sad, but like, yeah, of course you've lived a life. I've been gone for so long, but in reality, it could have been him. Well, I know. And she says, oh, Steve, you look so young. Yes. Yes. But they didn't know this was going to happen. But did they? No. Gosh. They did not. How could they? Definitively, they did not know any of this was going to happen when they wrote that movie. That's incredible. But... It feels like they must have because they didn't show any pictures. Exactly. They didn't show any, you know, but I don't think they did. Either way, I'm going to tie it back like I'm that. I'm glad they didn't kill off his character like everybody thought they was, like I 100% yeah. thought they were. This is the payoff he needed. This they is, gave him that payoff. It and, is they, the, and they ended the movie with him in the 1950s dancing with her, which was my only gripe after that movie. I'm like, I wish they wouldn't have just ended I wish they wouldn't have ended it on that scene. I don't know. I, I feel like it was the writers paying off their character. Yeah. You know, and that's the way they wanted to end it. But I don't is, think we needed that last scene. We didn't, but they did. I guess. You know? But, I mean, incredible. And then the end credits. Yeah, where they they get all their signatures. signatures. Which is, um, they did apparently in the Star Trek movie. Yep. Yeah, um, Star but Trek that, that's Even that final, that was so powerful, just the credit scene. That end credit scene. Yeah. Just watching that yeah. is, is what really also makes it sink in. Like, these guys are done. Like, this is over. Yeah. And we'll see. I think we'll see Thor back. I think we'll see Hulk back. We're obviously yeah. going to see Black Widow in some form. Yes. Um, You know, I think we'll see Hawkeye again, which is is great. I mean, at this point, and, that, and that's all great. We're not going to see... We'll probably see another Iron Man. We're definitely seeing another Captain America. It's not going to be Chris Evans. It'll be Falcon. You know, we'll still see you, those characters. You think we'll see another Captain... Or uh, another Iron Man? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Oh, come on. This is a billion dollar... Now, yeah, at this no, point, I'm, over $20 billion. They're not going to be a main movies. character, though. I don't think we'll see another Iron Man movie, like solo movie. Mm, we'll see how popular the whoever the character is they bring in. You know, I, I did like little payoffs though, like um, giving Pepper Potts the rescue armor, which is yes. from the comics, um, that nobody would catch. Right. Oh, 
the great scene with John Favreau, who started all this with his daughter, with, with the daughter, daughter, the hamburgers. Yeah, she says. So that she was wants another hamburgers. one that didn't it really hit me that emotionally the first time I saw it. No, but, but the second time I saw it, oh man! <laughs> well, <laughs> I haven't seen one. it a second time. I've only heard. I, I heard them reference it, like Kevin Smith talk about it and Mark Mardarn, and then I realized once they say it, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, Tony Stark asks for cheeseburgers as soon as yeah, he's I didn't rescued even, from yeah, the... Yeah, until I heard Kevin Smith say that, I didn't even think about that. As soon as he's rescued from the desert, the first thing he wants is a cheeseburger. I, again, it's just, it, it, it is amazing. The second time I saw it, I, I definitely, those emotional beats hit me a lot harder. The first time, like I said, it just... You're so like overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and the with that weird pit in your stomach feeling that it's hard to experience any of those emotions because after that moment, it's of the anticipation Tony, of what the next moment will be. Right. So you're you know, okay, this moment has happened and that's sad, but what next is going to occur yeah. that will affect you the same way? So you you can't feel that emotion yet because you are. So anticipating that, you know, the next move. There's so much in this movie. This is definitely a good one to go see twice. Jeez. See it the first time and then go back. And why not? Second time, go see it in IMAX, which is what I did. Yeah. Oh, you did see it in IMAX the second time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was amazing and great. Um, but, you know, it was just as good the first time in the regular. First of all, it wasn't just a regular movie theater. It was a really nice movie theater. It is really nice. And it wasn't, I like the it wasn't an IMAX screen, but it was a larger than average regular the movie seats. theater screen. We had perfect seats right Those in the middle. And perfect, great seats, yeah. yeah. So the second time I did see it, in, well, it wasn't IMAX. It was GDX, which is actually, it was a bigger screen than any IMAX I've been to. If you get a chance, go to that Oswego movie theater. Anybody in the area. Go to the GDX theater with Dolby Atmos. Yeah, Amazing. The really sound good. was incredible. That that whole theater is really really great. I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, that was Avengers Endgame. I mean, it lived up to everything I ever wanted it to. I live went up into to. that movie with such high expectations, and those expectations were just shattered. Even broke my wildest expectations. Yeah, it, and it I really, remember you really saying did. that that night. You said it that night. You're like, I went in with like expectations that I didn't think were ever going to be able to be met. Like, yeah. I, I you just felt like you were going to be let down, but you were okay with that. Every time I've gone to a movie with really, really high expectations, you're almost always at least a little bit let down. In some way, shape, or form, yes. And this is one that, like, I think maybe part of me was reserving a little I, bit of it because I'm like, there's no way they can make this as good as Infinity War because Infinity War was so good. Yeah. And and they made it better. It's better. It's. <laughs> I would say. Would you put it number one Marvel movie? Right now. Yeah. Yes. On your list. Yes. Yeah. I, Absolutely. And I, I've only seen it once. I'd have to. I'd have to think about it. Um, it's if it's not one, it's two. Because I want to watch that movie four more times. If it's not number one, it's number two. But it's probably number one. For, for me, I still, like, I got this thing with Guardians of the Galaxy, but... Um, Dude, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is really great. This is it's so this much is... different. It's This is not one movie. This is... It It feels like, and it is a culmination of 22 of, movies. It is. It absolutely 100% So I don't is. even know whether you can put it in the same category as an individual movie, because it feels like 22 movies in one. 
Yeah. It really, really does. Yeah, it does. And they make it that way because they bring back so many of the other movies. Now, I haven't eat. You know, I came out and I thought, yeah, it's hard for me to not say, but maybe this is the best movie I've ever seen. I really, it, it might be. So then, but so you're going to say it's the best no, movie no. you've ever seen, but yet you still don't want to put it as number one in your Marvel movies? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, it is. Yeah, it probably is. But I just, the, the, those two categories are different categories. I don't know. In any case, yeah, it, it definitely is the best Marvel movie that's ever been made. Agreed. Agreed. Hands down. I agree. There's no, there's no qualms about it. So we've talked about this for an hour and 24 minutes. Yeah, I feel like that's fitting. It is fitting. But what <laughs> it'll lead into next, and I don't know if you've seen it, is the new trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Is there a new new trailer? That came out yesterday. Oh, no, I have not seen it. Okay. Well, you should. Should I watch it right now? I think you should, yes. Okay. And pause. Oh, boy, does that answer a lot of questions. Yeah. Because there's still a lot of people floating around there before that that were saying, oh, it's going to be before the snap. Yes. And... So, I, I didn't think ever it was, by the way. That never even crossed my mind. I didn't know. I mean, I, I would assume that it wouldn't I just have been, don't but, think they would go back. And they made it kind of clear in that early thing that he was mourning something. Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because he didn't want to wear the suit because Tony was dead. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I had originally thought. So, and that is the case. But boy, uh, you know, I will say that, that a lot there shocked me that I didn't expect. Yes. So, so the basically setting up of Spider-Man as the next Iron lead Man. Iron Man, the, lead, lead of Avenger. I hope to God they signed that guy to like nine more movies because he's, Tom Holland. He's already got four. Yeah. He's and they're so usually good. seven movie contracts, which would be for three more movies is all. Yep. After this, but they're going to need him for a six, lot more, six more, seven yeah. more. They'll need him for a lot more. But anyway, in this. This is the new trailer. It leads right in after yeah. uh, Endgame into whatever Spider-Man's doing after the whole Endgame. And I love that they're scenario. opening up a multiverse. They talk about the multiverse. Yes, this is incredible. And um, so he's and I, he I wonder if people, I wonder if there's people out there that know Mysterio's a bad guy. That's so or they don't know he's a here's bad guy. the thing like. Mysterio is a liar. He's an actor. He's a liar. He's you know a special effects guy. He's clearly lying to them. Yeah. About whatever's going on. The dude's involved with whatever's happening overseas. They just don't know it, but apparently they'll figure it out in the movie. Well, will they? I don't know. Or is Mysterio now going to be our overarching villain? Could be. Because I see a world in which he is duping them all. Yeah. And the audience is in on it. And blaming everyone else. And he's building a team, probably, of villains. Yeah. Maybe. To be the next big threat. Although, in my head, obviously, not obviously, but in my head, if they're going to go back to the the to what they've done, which I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not convinced they're going to do. But this certainly seems like a tie-in type movie, yeah. which they've made it very clear that this is the last movie of Phase Three. This is the epilogue. Okay, that I guess they have I didn't said know. that. But so well, maybe. 
Maybe it will be the last one, but either way, the way... Well, it doesn't matter. Phase one led to phase two, which led to phase three. Exactly. So whether or not this is the last movie of phase three doesn't mean that it can't lead into phase four. Yeah, and it is. It's got to be. I don't know that Mysterio... Mysterio certainly is a big villain in the comics, and but he seems more not like a cosmic threat. No, but But I see where... he could be ushering in... That's what I was going to say. He could be like ushering in a whole new group of villains that nobody knows about or at least trying to pry them into this world, whether right. he's involved with it or not later on. Kind of like Loki. You don't know. Maybe he's the next Loki. Yeah, there you go. He could be that Loki character who is a reoccurring good guy, bad guy, villain, Yeah, uh, scheming. I could see him being the next Loki. They're, they're he, playing that trailer that. off as trickery. Yeah, they're tricking you into thinking that they have to work together to fight. And they, a and they need, you got to remember they needed Loki because he was the thread. Yeah, that brought all this together. So maybe Mysterio is going to be a thread that brings the next threat, which would be, I don't know. I mean, if we're looking at their big, big villains, all right, the biggest and the best villain that they have under their disposal is Doctor Doom. Whether or not they'll go there or not. Oof. Because it's hard to do that without introducing the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Which they could easily do. They can do it now if they want to try to do that all over again. Again, it's the other big bad would be Galactus. Galactus would be incredible. That's that's a Thanos-level threat or bigger. It's bigger. Okay. It's hard to do that without bringing in the Silver Surfer, although it can be done. Yeah. Um, And the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Which they can do as well. Yeah. <laughs> so and Thor's still around. And Thor's still around. Um, you know, but there's also hints that maybe Captain Marvel it, has to come back because I guarantee you she's oh, yeah. not done after two movies. No, so, that movie just made a billion and a half dollars. That's what I'm saying. That's so, a franchise waiting. You to know, Captain Marvel's still going to be around. They could bring in a huge, huge threat like that. They could, or they could go with something a little more off the beaten trail. They could do death itself they could do the red skull again they could do but didn't you did, i i feel like somebody said i don't know if it was you or somebody else that said that they were going to stay more uh apart like space type movies and earth dwelling movies keep them separate now well they might and then they did they did that in the last phase well, and they, they did. just brought and them together brought them in together infinity at the end. yeah so i mean you could do that with a it's the same thing you could do that with a mysterio and then Earth-based villains that lead up to teasing a Galactus throughout, just like they teased the Thanos throughout. It's very doable. Um, yeah. Galactus would be... I mean, Doctor Doom is the biggest and most nuanced character. Um, there's so much story there, though. Um, Galactus would be the the one... But they're also teasing an Eternals movie. Yep. They could, and they've kind of set up Adam Warlock... Have they? Oh, yeah. They mentioned him in the last Guardians movie in the post credit scene. I don't remember. Something along the line. And then they're, they're teasing an Eternals movie. They could definitely bring in Adam Warlock, who is not always, not a, he's kind of a villain sometimes. He's yeah. kind of a good guy sometimes. But they could just make him a villain. They could make it more nuanced than that. So there's a lot they can do. Here. There's a ton. And, you know, there's obviously more questions than answers right it's, now it's, because we have to wait till July. The saddest until that movie thing of all this is that we're not going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie till 2022 at the earliest. And that's 100% only because Disney is idiots. They are idiots. And then, but it's really cool of James Gunn. 
because it is. James Gunn was on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then he got fired. And Which in, we would be getting a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie this year or next, if next he was Next year, on. probably. Uh, and then he ended up getting Suicide Squad that I've talked about every single episode, and I said I wouldn't, and now I just brought it up again. Uh, but I don't have any news about it, though, besides James Gunn brought this movie on, and in, once he got rehired to Guardians of the Galaxy 3... He didn't step away from no, well, Suicide Disney Squad. Said they're like, okay, so get rid of all that and come mm-hmm. on. He's, he's like, like nope. nope, I made a commitment and yeah. I'm going to honor that commitment. You fired me first. Yeah. You know, and and whether he did that just to be kind of a stand up guy to DC or, or to stick it in there. Yeah. To, as an F you to Marvel. I don't know. But either way. Uh, and then they, uh, Kevin Smith brought that up, too, is like he's treading both worlds now. He's DC and Marvel. And it's the only guy really to go from Marvel to DC and then back to Marvel. Yeah. It's usually like an exit, like they're exiting one franchise to the next uh, and staying there. This is not that way. He's going, he's playing both sides of the field there. Yeah. Um, Which is totally fine. For sure. It's awesome. I mean, JJ was doing it with I, Star Wars and Star Trek. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, but that trailer specifically makes me less mournful. Yeah. And more Doesn't hopeful. It? And that trailer looks so much better than the previous Far From Home trailer, which I thought looked great, but it looked small. It did. This, this made does it, not look small. This made it huge. This looks big. And again, Marvel held on to these cards that they have. They hold back on stuff. A big movie comes out, and then you're like, gosh, like it's all over with. And then they're like, wham, look at this. I mean, look at what we got here. In my opinion, okay. Unbelievable. It, 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 everything they did with. All phase one, phase two, Iron Man, Captain America, Ant Man, all and Ant Man. I think we're going to see a lot more of too. Um, but fantastic. But I think they've okay, with the exception of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, who's incredible. But everything they've done with Spider Man, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Black Panther, these other characters to me are more interesting than any of the Iron Man movies. Oh yeah, I would now, wholeheartedly Iron, agree. Iron Man's arc throughout all of them is great, but yeah. definitely more interesting to me than Captain America. Although there were great movies, right? But um, I don't think they've lost as much as they've gained recently with the addition of Spider Man, Doctor Strange, specifically Black Panther, and, and Captain Marvel. It, but think about it: the big lo- bigger loss to me would be Thor, who I think to me is become one of the more interesting characters. Absolutely. And then they still got Guardians of the Galaxy in the mix, which we all know is my favorite. So This is all epic strategy. Yeah. It is like all epic strategy because... I, but the fun thing is, I don't think it's planned out. It, in a way, it had to... It, it is planned out. I know what you mean. Like, script-wise, no, it's not planned out. But in overarching strategy it is yeah it's got to be i don't know you if we'll can't go- just throw cards to the wind and expect it to lay out correctly right it's there is an overarching strategy here to where the, like they're playing these cards or, or putting out these characters and putting out these movies in a way to where it'll work for them later on yeah they don't know how or why but they know that they have this backlog of stuff that they can pull from to make these movies great right and no matter how they do it or the way they do it, it doesn't matter because we're so bought into this now. I don't think you can fail going on, even if it's not 
the way Iron Man turned out or the way this whole Infinity Gauntlet story basically has planned out. I don't feel like we're going to get that again, but we're still going to get something comparable that you're going to be like, holy shit, how did they do that now? Yeah, well, I mean, let's be be clear here. I mean, I think the real work was done. The real incredible, mind-blowing stuff was done with the addition of Infinity War and Endgame. Those two movies specifically brought everything together right. and ended everything. Before that, you got to remember it, it's all it, setup stuff. It was all setup stuff. So I don't think we'll go back to a time where we had we're going to make Iron Man one, and then we're going to make Thor one, no. and then we're going to make Captain America one, then we're going to make Iron Man two, and we're going to make Thor two, and we're going to make Captain no. America two. It's I don't think it's going to work like that. It won't because you've already got the backlog of characters, like I was saying. Yeah. So they've and already got these people keep established. going. Like okay, we're going to do a Spider Man. Now this would be consider this. Two, I guess, but say in the next phase, this is Spider Man one, and then we're going to do another Captain America, and then we're going to do a Black Panther, then we're going to do another Spider Man, then we're going to do an. I don't think right. they'll do that. No, they, they can't. But they they have so many stories, or they have so many characters that they can pull from now yeah. to make good stories. They don't have to do it that way. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see them do something like, okay, we're going to do a Spider Man, Cap- Captain Marvel, Black Panther. Obviously, we're going to do another Doctor Strange. We're going to do a Hulk movie. We're going to do another Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're going to get one of each and then some tie-in movies. Well, that's, yeah. So that's what the new, the new world will be now. It's yeah. like they did the setup already. Now it's just playing what they've got. They so, can play with what they've got however they want to. They could be all standalones if they want, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and we're going to get new characters for sure. I just don't know what. I mean, I think right. this Eternals thing is a possibility. Although they've never said that that's going to be a standalone movie or they no. might be characters within another movie. And they're going to have X-Men. They're going to have X. They're going to have Fantastic Four. They have Silver Surfer. They have yeah. Daredevil they haven't done. They have Luke Cage they haven't done. They have Iron Fist they haven't done. They have... I don't know. Keep pulling names. Keep they've going. Got so they got many Winter things. Soldier. They've got, they so got another they Captain do. America. You know what I mean? So that's where I think, you know, you might not get another standalone Iron Man movie, but you might see another Iron Man in another movie. And it's going to be one of those moments that you're like, what? Yes, it is. (laughs) You know what I mean? This will never be done until we're dead, and I'm so happy about that. (laughs) So so let's go into the next whole big epic. Do we have time for it, or should we move that on to the next episode? We could move it on the next episode, but there's been two... Episodes How much time do we got left? We're 23 minutes left. Okay, then we'll do Game of Thrones and that's it. Okay, you don't want to do what's in the box if again? If we have time, we'll see. Okay, so two episodes have come out. Yes. Um, the number three and number four. Yes. I felt like this this series so far of Game of Thrones is what we're talking about, obviously. Um, maybe it wasn't obvious, but this is the only other epic thing that has been happening in this in And our by the way, frame. I wanted to bring up a little factoid. All right. Okay. Endgame ends the Marvel Universe effectively yes. this year. Yes. Game of Thrones is ending this year. Yes. Star Wars is ending this year. Yes. So we're losing everything. So the world ends this year. <laughs> this year, we're losing the three of the biggest geek nerd franchises in the history of mankind. Yes, they're going to make more Marvel movies. Yes, yes. they're going to make more Star Wars movies. We're, yes, they're going to make more Game of Thrones. We're losing these. If anybody out here thinks they're not going to make another Game of Thrones series... You're insane. They're going to. It's not going to be the same characters. They'll make a prequel or something. Maybe they will have some characters. You never know. But we're we're losing some things that we've been with. We've been with Game of Thrones for almost 10 years as well. 
It's been a while. Seven, eight, seven or eight. No, longer than that. It's been a minute. Eight seasons, and they weren't always every year. Correct. So it's been 10 years. We've waited since 2017 for the last one. Right. Uh, but uh, so episode three uh, was the big The epic longest night, right? Battle, yes. The longest night where they finally, winter finally came, and they were finally fighting these White Walkers. And it, let me tell you, for me... It was the longest night. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of lead up to what was going on. There was the way they filmed this battle scene to me was was cool. I liked it because it was a lot of different types of battles happened yeah. throughout this thing. So at first, like they send out the all the Dothraki with their flaming swords because the Lady of Light comes back. And conveniently lights their swords up to give you some lighting in the in hideously these, dark, yes, almost unwatchable episode of darkness. So I was in a house that was completely dark, and which should make it easier to watch, and it just made my house even darker. It was with so the hard. TV on. I wasn't so sure if it was just my streaming; everything was being pixelated. I don't think it was. No, it was just everybody has said it, and it was just overly dark. And somebody brought up the point that they we amount of money it. they spent on this the, on this show, and they're like, they filmed this on location. It was like negative twenty, and yeah. they filmed it for like two months straight. This one episode, fifty-seven days, fifty-seven days. So, yeah, crazy all nights. Yep. And somebody's like, you know, they could have just done that as a soundstage. Yeah, they could have done it <laughs> completely different. They didn't yeah. have to do it in real life, and and they really didn't because you could barely see anything. Exactly, it was kind of lost. Yeah, like that you did this at night. It was kind of lost on us. Like, I didn't know that. So but, overall, what did you think of the episode? Um, all because of the ending, I, I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, I was very disappointed in general, and I'll tell you why as we move along. Through well, the start, but, I, and I've been disappointed in general okay. on Game of Thrones all season. I guess I shouldn't say I liked it a lot. I do take that back. It was, it was disappointing. So in the way where you could suspend your belief in Endgame, it's hard to suspend your belief in that episode of Game of Thrones because it just felt so rushed, rushed and poorly execute, like thought out. Yeah. So the we'll start with what you're saying. Sending out the Dothraki. Yeah. The so they go out there. Dumbest tactical decision in the history of mankind <laughs> is to it. Yeah, is to it do makes that. Makes no sense why you they sent would do that. A ton of people out there with these flaming swords. It you, was cool. You know, to, you're sending a small group of people against what you know is, is an enormous. innumerable army. Yeah. That can raise dead. Yes. Which would then mean you're going to have the Dothraki running back at you. It here makes shortly. no sense. So it was cool. The only thing that I thought was cool to see is that you send them all out there and you see them fighting and then you just watch each one of their lights. It, go no, up. it was a beautifully that, shot scene and it was very dramatic. Yeah, that was cool to see. It was kind of. But they made the scene that didn't make sense just to get that. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, just to get that effect of yeah. like setting up that horrifying uh, feeling of like, oh man, like all of those people just went out there and now they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do? Right. Yeah. And so I didn't, I wasn't crazy about that. And then, and then they go off on, you know, the tangent of Danny and John on dragons, not doing anything or contributing to the fight whatsoever, just flying around in the very sky. Very little. I mean, they did show them. She doesn't even light the fucking torch. Well, they, the I know. Trench. They they started burning people up. You could see them flying through there and like lighting up people a little bit. Which why don't they just start um, off by doing that? Exactly. 
like I feel like they're playing these dragons off very, very poorly. Yeah. You have two dragons that have done almost nothing. nothing. Uh Danny kind of seems whiny and about spoilers, the whole thing. that doesn't improve in the next episode. It doesn't. <laughs> it no. And that's some of the notes that I have uh written down is that like, okay, the dragons just have done nothing. Jon Snow, my guy, has basically done nothing. nothing. He has fought none. He's just ridden this dumbass dragon that I thought was going to be awesome, and it's turning out not to be. Then they have this, what could have been a really cool dragon fight scene in the air while they're flying. The Night King's on one, Danny's on Can't one, Jon Snow's on, on one. And I didn't know which dragon was which, who was on what dragon. One should have had snow on it, but it was so dark, it just looked like a lesser dark dragon. <laughs> right. And I didn't know what was going on. It could have been really cool. You could have done that great. But let us see what's happening. Let right. us know what's happening. You know, like, show us the fight rather than make us guess. And this was a that was an artistic decision. It was. That I get, and I appreciate, and it's fine. Sure. But but it just it failed. It did fail. I think. Yeah. And um, there are but, some good great moments in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I think I I liked the. I thought a really great moment was like lighting up that trench. It was cool. Making it all on fire, and then they're all standing there like, okay, like we've got this border now. We can regroup and and start you know screwing some people up here, and maybe just start picking off their lines as we go, and then all of a sudden. What I thought was awesome, the awesome part was that they look and then they just like start falling on the yeah, fire. The Brad Pitt World War Z. Yeah, moment. It, that's what it turned into after this. But they start falling on the fire and building on top of each other. And like I felt it and I was like, oh shit, like here it comes. Like they're, they did. They found a way to break through. All these dead people just start falling on it. They crawl over each other and then. Yeah, World War Z. And then all they of a sudden they're scaling the walls. The, yeah. Well, they were climbing on top of each other yeah. to get up that high, which which makes sense. I guess. Really. I mean, I don't know. They're not the they're not the dumb zombies that just sit there and claw at a wall. You know what I mean? Like they're and every time they got to any moment of um interest or you know, get you worked up, they switch scenes. They switched. Yep. Which was super obnoxious. They have a moment when the Night King is in the field, and I think John's out there, and he starts raising the dead. But they keep switching away from it. Yeah. Yes, they did. And I I think what they were trying to do there is to show what was all happening at the exact same time. Yeah. So you don't lose time in these switches. Um, but, boy, you do, because it, there's many moments in this episode where you're like, "There's how is there anybody still fighting? That's what I was going to bring up is that I felt like they were so overmatched and so overwhelmed once they got in the castle. I think it would have been a lot quicker for everyone to be dead. Yeah. Like that everyone should have been dead much, much quicker, especially when they got down into the crypt. Turns out almost nobody was dead. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I really had a problem with is that they were so overran and it, and it felt so worthless to even try to fight it anymore. And then at the end of the day, they're all still alive. Yeah. Everyone. Only like non-important side character side. There were cool moments that Jorah dying and actually protecting Danny. It was a cool moment, but it was ridiculous that she was in that situation. It made no sense. Shouldn't have been. Why did she land in the field of battle outside the castle with the dragon and get off the dragon? Yeah. And then what's she doing walking around? I didn't even understand why she was out there. 
It didn't. It didn't. And then where did anything Jorah anything come from? All of. of a sudden, I don't even know what was going on. He there. just happened to be there. It didn't make any sense. It it was good to see him be, good, yeah. be able to die protecting her because that is his story arc. Like that is how he should have died anyway. They paid off that character arc in just the also, most on the nose way possible. It just but also forced. It yeah, felt it felt forced. This whole this whole battle felt so forced to give us what we wanted, and and just. It didn't do that. And then, you know, the the other guy that died that was protecting Samwell, Tarly. Yes. And then you're just sitting there like, why is he even out there? Right. Like, didn't he go down in the crypt? What I was, thought what's going on with that? Sam should have went down to the yeah. crypt. And then I'm like, okay, but he can't handle himself out there. And the, But they're making him he handle did. himself. And then we were like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. They had the good death from, was it Leanna uh, yes. Mormont or whatever? Yes, her name is. the she-bear. Yeah, but I, was, I thought it was cool that they paid off that earlier scene from the season the episode before where Jor- Jorah says to her, he's like, you're the last of the house. Yeah. You can't fight. She's like, no. And then she does die, which and, is kind of a good payoff. Yeah, I think it was really great. And, and a it cool was with scene. A giant, it was with the smallest girl and a giant. You can hear her bones crushing. That was a cool scene. Yeah. It was, it was good, like David, like the David and Goliath story where you wouldn't ever think that it could ever occur. And then she stabs him in the eye with dragon glass and they both die. Yeah. The, shine, the shining cool. scene, the shining moments of that episode all revolved around Arya. Well, with one exception. But... When she was fighting them with the staff and was a badass, that was awesome. Yes. But then they make this curious decision to take the most confident and badass fighter in the world. And make her run around. And make her run around, which I thought was a really cool scene when she was inside, which I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm struggling to understand why there's any room inside this castle that isn't occupied by the millions of World War Z zombies. (laughs) But she's like scared. Of yeah. like a half a dozen of them that are walking around this room. Like, you just killed 35 of them in two seconds. Yep. But you're... I mean, uh, somebody pointed out to me that, well, she had lost her weapon, so she might not have had dragon glass. Okay, I guess. But she yeah. she was acting scared, actively scared, like a little girl. Yes, she was. It, she lost her character there for that, a minute. That was the loss of the character. And then... And then I understand why they did this, but the moment with her and the Hound and the Lightning Lord who is one of my favorite characters from the book. They don't really do him well in the show, but when he dies to protect her. Yeah, that was um, cool. It was cool, but it would have been so much cooler if the Hound had died to protect her. Yes. Now, they didn't do that because they need to pay off a fight later on. Yeah, exactly. Between him so, and his brother. So I feel like, um, I yeah, I feel like what they're, they're trying to set up there with uh, Arya's character is that you think she's going to go and kill Cersei too. Mm-hmm. I think she'll go there she's not going to kill cersei no she's not i think she's gonna die i think she'll probably die so this is where i was gonna come up with or this is what i was gonna say is that so after this episode i realized like her whole her whole story arc is ended with this episode i think because she kills the night king at the end which is is cool a really cool scene happens really fast but no that's a great scene it's it's a really cool scene i didn't see it coming I didn't know. I, I honestly had no and clue. I can't believe I didn't because they, I thought Bran was going to do something that I'd never seen before. In I retro, expected him to do something. In retrospect, they keep constantly telling her that she's going to be the one that kills the Night King, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, Absolutely. So she was trained this whole show, the last. Well, even few the seasons, girl, the like, Red Witch, she says it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, well, go. You're the one that's going to do it. Right. Like, what do we tell Death? And I still didn't know because I'm Not an idiot. Not today. Right. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> there's just so much going on and so much flashing back and forth. You don't know what's going on. Once she says, like, what do we tell death? You know, not today. And she runs away. I was like, okay, what's happening there? Well, they specifically uh, bamboozle you because John's going after the Night King. Yes. He's facing a dragon. You figure he's going to figure out how to slay that dragon and then he's going to go kill the Night King. Yes. That's what I thought was going to happen. Right. That's what they try to lead you to believe. Anyway, um, so her whole story, though, is built around being trained for one mission to kill the Night King. She gets it done. What does she have left now? Well, I, th- I don't know. Isn't her story arc more the list, her list? It was until she got trained. I don't think... But Cersei's on that list. She's I don't, the number one on that list. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to be it. I think what it is is, like, she's been trained to kill this one dude. She did it, and now they're going to play it off as she's going to kill Cersei. But in the meantime, she's going to get killed, and I think the the Hound will get killed at the same time. No, I think he will fight his brother and He kill will. Him. They're going to go together, though. Maybe, yeah. Because... And then in the next episode, because he is sitting there, like uh, the hound's sitting there eating dinner yeah. during that big party, and uh, he uh, Gendry was asking about where Arya was, and you could tell he was, like, annoyed by that. He was annoyed that they had a relationship. Uh, the hound was just annoyed that he's not by Arya right now. He's, like, he feels like he needs to protect her all the time. You mm-hmm. can tell. And I think that they're finally going to meet up again and go together. And then they're both going to get killed. That's just me guessing. Yeah. It's recorded. You guys have heard it first. Yeah. So anyway, the longest night I thought overall was, for me, very disappointing. The fact that you... uh, There are a couple points I made about this to another person I was talking to. To take what you've been seeding for seasons and seasons and living with, and then to do that all in one episode is a bad decision. Yeah. It's way too rushed. When they had the perfect opportunity, first of all, they wasted two episodes. That's what I was going to say. Like, why didn't they make make that battle more than one episode? It, this is my perfect point to this is you need to live with it. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of a week-to-week show. Yeah. That you're not, you know, you can't sit down and binge this if you're watching it week-to-week. All right. So those first three episodes, first of all, you throw out most most of the first episode. The second episode had some great stuff in it. Keep that. But the battle starts in the... Maybe condense the second episode and the first episode into three quarters of an episode. And then start the battle there, right? Yeah. And then the end of the first episode is when you send the Dothraki horde out. All their flames go out. End of episode. Yep. Now you're sitting there for a week going, what? What the All right. And then you got your second episode when the good guys start to win and they beat them back because they do that. Right. And they light the torch and you get your things. And then you end the episode with John on the field with the Night King raising his hands and all the dead soldiers right. coming back to life. Boom. And then you I live already, with it for a week. I already like your story better. And then you live with it for a week and you just can't. You're frothing at the mouth. Yeah. To see what's going to happen. Like, holy shit. Now, then you're going to be like, holy shit, Jon Snow fights the Night King. He's going to kill all those people. Or he's going to be like taken down by all the dead people, but he'll un- end up killing the Night King somehow and everyone dies around him. Yeah. That's what it, you would ex- expect. You know, it would build up the whole Arya side of things. So much more. And then the third episode? Or Bran. Bran what the f- What is Bran? I don't what, know, man. 
Why didn't he? So if he's this got these such an ravens, character. Well, if he's got these ra- or the crow, the crows, the ra- ravens, which it, did nothing. Three eyed raven, yeah. So why don't you? Why put why some dragon gr- glass on like six ravens and fly over to the night king? Why and just peck do you him. do a whole scene peck where you fly ravens beaks. around that do nothing? There's no story there. Nothing. So third episode, Arya kills the night king. <laughs> And then in she end game the, fashion, but she did the uh, the ultimate like up high, down low, too slow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but to end it with the funeral, all right? Yeah. Okay. And then, bam! You're into episode four now. So now we can talk about episode four, the yeah. triumphant return of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. This is a Game of Thrones episode. It is. This is what I want. And oh, that was my other point. I'm. I was actually a little bit fine. With that ending so quickly, because to me, the all the White Walker, it, this is not something that was interesting to me. Well, it was interesting to me until they failed uh, on the, the battle. Now, now I look back on it and I'm like, well, I don't even know why they brought that up. That because- was that was never my favorite part of the show. Anytime they went to the north or to the wall, I was always just kind of like, oh, we got to do this again. This yeah. wasn't my interesting point in the show. I I'm glad they wrapped it up early and we get the part of Game of Thrones that I liked. And that we, what we started with. Yeah. This is what we started with. The whole White Walkers kind of came out of, you know, nothing really. Yeah. So, you know, I thought uh, I really, really enjoyed episode four because I really enjoyed the political. Yeah. Intrigue aspects and John telling her that she, he's not going to tell his family. And right. then he goes and tells his family and they <laughs> immediately tell everybody Yeah, that he does. And then there's this huge, that's, that's the thing. That's the intrigue to me is like, what's going to happen now with John. And I saw a meme of uh, John Snow and it says, I promise I won't tell anyone. And he's wearing a name tag that says, hi, my name is a <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's that was funny. great. And then, but the, Mind baffling. They know the Iron Fleet is sitting there, and they still are taking boats. That was dumb too. That, like, why did they take boats over there? And the whole all? time, I, the whole time, I thought they're going to get ambushed, and then then they start docking the boats. They're there, and I'm like, yeah. huh, that's weird. They didn't ambush them. Well, then they then right, they're... and then they do, and then again with the dragons, <sighs> we've got these epic dragons. Ooh, we're gonna fly over with dragons and let them die. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But How? it does set up this really great de-evolution of Daenerys. Daenerys, yeah. And she being goaded in and her showing that she... Now, I don't think this will stick. I think in the next episode, they'll turn her... She'll make the decision to not be a terrible ruler, but I don't know because... I don't know either. You don't. I don't know. I don't know what to expect here. I she like shouldn't that. be the ruler. No, no, and I agree with um, varies varies where he 100%, says yeah. where he says that John Snow. That's for you, Alex. Hundred percent. He he said hundred uh, percent, bro. Um, where John Snow is the reluctant ruler, like he doesn't want the yeah. throne, he doesn't want to be there. That's why he should be there. I don't feel I don't believe um, this is one thing they're not doing well this season. Is the best character on the show, which is Tyrion. They're not treating him well this season. Um, yeah, he's kind of been not aside, giving him like, meat on the bone, and this is not a decision that that character would make. No, to stick with Daenerys at this point, right? Um, he's failing all over the place and trusting his sister, um, which I, was goofy. That was a goofy point in the beginning of the show where he said that she would, yeah. you know, meet up with him. 
why would he assume that? You know, it, like and why didn't they give him his glory in the crypt? You know, right when they right. decide he's going to go, they, he should have been. That was it. Was over. Yeah. Come on, he's proven himself. Yeah, I completely agree. He, time and time again, he has yeah. until this season. So I don't know, but um, they set that all up well. I I wasn't crazy about that last scene with Jamie and Brienne. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm basically, I'm not a good guy. Yeah. I know he's going to kill Cersei now. You think so? I have my doubts, but it's going to be him. Yeah. It's going to have to be. He He's he's something. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> well, I, I think that's by design, maybe. Yeah, I think so, too. I just don't. The one thing that bothers me about Cersei's character, and this is by design, too, but I just don't like the fact that the majority of her time on screen is standing there staring with that smirk with that look on her weird freaking look on her yeah. face. She's got a weird it, face. It bugs me. It does uh, bug after me. After this episode, I <laughs> there was a bunch of people on Twitter and around that were like, this is the first time ever in this thing that I am literally rooting for Cersei to win because these other people are so obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not rooting for Cersei to win just because she looks so dumb all yeah, the time. Yeah, she does. So, so what do you think about the ending of episode four? Um, it just sets up, it does set up a lot more. I feel like, Oh, I, I thought I was good. It, it's, it's a much better ending. I mean, I, I like the ending of, of Arya killing the, yeah. the snow, uh, the, uh, <laughs> snow King. Um, what is it? Uh, the night King, but this, like you said, does set up what we came to love about game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, we're finally getting the culmination of the throne of what's going to happen with the throne. How that plays out, I really don't know. No, I, I have at, no at this idea. point, I have no idea where they're going to go. What they have two episodes left. Yeah, two episodes. Yeah, there's six, right? Yeah. What the hell? I I, I'm. Know. I feel like I'm going to be ultimately let down. I'm so let down so far by this season that at this point I'm just like, okay, let's just go. Yeah, let's get it over with. I, maybe they can bring it back because I know they're having some pretty long episodes. So yeah. Each episode's a movie. Apparently, George R. R. Martin is not involved in the writing of this season. A lot of people are saying that that's a big problem. Yeah, and obviously. maybe the last season too. But um, I think it was the last two. Yeah. He isn't. So there were the problem with that last scene, which was a great potential scene, and you know the beheading of whatever her name is, which they try and make you care a lot about, which nobody I don't understand. It's the people whole... seem to be all over Twitter that they seem to care about her. Yeah, I'm not why sure why. Why does anybody why. care about her? Just because she came in with Daenerys a long time ago, and then the her and Grey Worm like love affair. I did like the scenes with Danny when she was like, "This she wasn't... has no ultimate like like." Uh, well, I did like the, the slow the realization, which they didn't play up enough of like, "Oh, these aren't my people," right? They you aren't. Know what I mean, and that's that's why. I guess that's why they're trying to make it seem like she ultimately she doesn't care if she kills all those civilians in King's Landing because they keep saying over and over like don't destroy King's Landing. Right? She's ultimately like I don't care about King's Landing or these people. These aren't my people. Why am I here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. You get that feeling, and I think that's on purpose. But it's super against the character that they've developed for the last six, seven. Hundred percent of what she has done has been like I'm going to save all of the people. And that's where Tyrion comes in and says, like, don't destroy all of this stuff because this is the way you are. But this is a Thanos moment. It is. This is a Thanos moment. This is the greater good. You know, yeah. this is 
Um, I need to destroy this so what comes next, I can build it and it can be pr- right. Maybe I can pump Which up we this. all know, once again, doesn't happen. Exactly. It's impossible. So she is ultimately become the Thanos tyrannical dictator. She has. And she is going to have to fail. And I and think I, she's going to die. And I think she's going to do this because she's pushing herself in a way, like like you said, like a tyrannical leader where she doesn't know what else to do. What she has been doing in the past is not working anymore. She sees everyone loving Jon Snow, yeah, like sitting there watching everyone say, he's our king, he's our king. And she's just sitting there like, eh, But instead of taking the real, making the realization... All right, which I thought would happen in that bedroom scene. Instead of her making the realization of, oh, he's he's the one. He's the one that needs to do she this. She gets in this real petty, gross. It was move. terrible where she was like, where she was telling him like, you can't say anything because I'm the queen. It was by design, I'm sure. Yeah, I think John might end up killing her. You think so? He's established that like he can reluctantly carry out. He's beheaded people remember it was yeah. set up with this character my dad always taught me if if someone need you need to swing the sword yourself yep yeah you're right you know and i think that's been set up with this character although i think john snow might be a little too righteous for game of thrones yeah um but anyway what what got me on that last scene which could have been spectacular is again it's just this overarching stupidity of the fact that they marched 20 people out there with these scorpions and all these people. And like, yeah. they want you to believe that Cersei wouldn't just go out and kill them all. Yeah. That's the end. Like, of course she's, that's the do. end game. They got nothing. They're sitting, there, there's 20 of them. Daenerys is there. Tyrion walks up to the gate and they want you to believe that she's not going to shoot him dead. Yeah. That makes no freaking sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right. And, the, that's and, what, and I wanted to care about that scene, but I couldn't because I couldn't get over that. I'm like, what? what why isn't she killing them? She's I, ruthless. She doesn't care about anything. Right. It doesn't I, I don't know why she didn't to begin with. But so, but otherwise, though, um, that was the first episode of the season, which I truly enjoyed. Yes. And I felt like it's a, it's, it is a very good setup that should have happened the first episode. Yeah. I mean, the second episode Jeez. I enjoyed because it was a great character episode. But I just thought it got, went on longer than it needed to. Yeah. Which, so are we. Well, so. <laughs> in your opinion, man. No, it's not my opinion. It's the timer. Oh. So know what's in the box tonight. No, know what's in the box. I got but a whole we covered... list of uh, what I've been watching. That's next episode. Uh, I'll just give you a little hint, just so you can be excited. Okay. I've been watching Doom Patrol. Oh, that does get me excited. Yeah. I've piqued your interest. Big time. I'm three episodes in. Okay, that's good to know. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a ride next time when we talk about the strangest, that's awesome. weirdest, craziest show really? that has ever possibly existed. Good to know. That'll be on the next episode, but we've done we've dug some deep, deep stuff into Endgame and uh, Game of Thrones here. Yeah. I can, and that, this is can, the world we live in now, folks, is this, this kind of stuff, and it's awesome. Yeah, for 12 more months. Yep. All right. 12 more months? No. Well, no, whatever. whatever it is till December when Star Wars comes out. It's and definitely not a year from the, now. The entire <laughs> the entirety of our world collapses. Right. And then we're done for. Yeah. Show's over. Then we'll have to start writing our comic book again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll start writing our comic book again. Good idea. 
Okay. Well, I guess we're done for the day. All right. Okay. See ya. Bye.